Welcome to Bollywood for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. In this episode, we're wrapping up the second half of 2019 from July to December. Vidya Balan builds a Mars satellite using her culinary knowledge. Ayushman Krana impersonates a woman. Sonam Kapoor becomes the Indian cricket team's good luck charm. And Rithik Roshan and Tiger Shroff go to war. All this and more as we look back at some of the best and worst Hindi films of 2019. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt, we are back after a little bit of a longer break between episodes, and it's a new year. Also, you have pizza sauce on your head. <laughs> well, no, that no, that's a scar. I, oh. I accidentally nicked my head with my fingernail while I was sleeping. Oh, okay. Like a baby. <laughs> Just like a baby, yes. Did we put little mitts on you? Maybe. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought it was pizza sauce since we were just making pizza before we sat down to record. Ah, there, this is the fascinating banter. Right off a cliff already. So. Uh, uh, right, this has been uh, a bit of a longer break, and it's a new year. So you know what that means? Movie time. Yeah, before we move into kind of discussing the films of 2020, uh, although, as people know, our episodes are not um, centered around new releases, uh, we need to wrap up with the films of 2019. We try and watch as many as we can. Yes. Now, the way that we do this is in July, we released an episode that covered all the movies that were released that we had seen that we thought were worth talking about from January to June. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to discuss July to December. So if you want to hear our opinions on Barat... Um, and many other things. Sancheria. Sancheria, yeah, Gully Boy, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go back to that episode um, where we cover the first half of the year. This Marco Dardna Hijota. Yeah, this is going to be the second half of the year. And it, it's been kind of an interesting year. We haven't had any releases from Amerikan or Shahrukhan. Yeah. Uh, or Rambir Kapoor. And we had one too many from uh, Salman Khan. <laughs> yeah, definitely one too many. Uh, uh, but a lot from Ayushman Karana and from Rajkumar Rao. Kartik so, Aryan? Yeah, so the kind of the the younger, more... Well, I wouldn't say this about Kartik Aryan, but the, the younger, more kind of like cinematically minded um, boys of Bollywood kind of really really showed off their, their range. You know, they've been... They're constantly on this cusp of... Um, kind of building a bigger reputation for themselves and they both got to lead a lot of films actually Kumar kept on plugging away though Canada's most famous and biggest actor yes yeah <laughs> yes who you know we've grown to appreciate yeah 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 I mean politically I don't know we're gonna be talking about he's, he's kind of pro CAA CAB <laughs> this stuff is fair. that's a little NRC he's been at some demonstrations but as an actor stuff. as an actor I, I think I do appreciate his work yeah uh, so we're going to be talking about a couple of his films. Now, we have 27 movies to get through. Mm -hmm. These episodes are always long, and it is always <laughs> interesting to see what we do and don't remember about movies that we saw sometimes six months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't see everything. Uh, not everything comes out here. Not everything comes out here. But the, we missed some big stuff that does. Uh, so we missed Houseful 4. Uh, because we hadn't seen one through three. Well, I've seen three. You've seen three. Yeah. But we're, there's so much <laughs> mythology that you have to catch up on. <laughs> oh, so much. The mythos and how many guys are there? Are they in a house? Is it full? 
you know, I just, I just did make it out to Houseful 4, and I, I would like to catch up with it at some point, but it really it wasn't calling to me. Let us know if you uh, get really mad at us and want us to do an episode about all the Houseful movies. Uh, nor did I make it out to Puggle Ponty, um, which was also looked like a ridiculous comedy that from the trailer I have no idea what it was about. It looked bad. <laughs> My biggest regret is probably I didn't get the chance to see Bala. Uh, though I did get a notification from Hotstar like a couple days ago that Bala is now available on Hotstar. Uh, unfortunately, that came a little too late. So yeah. we won't be able to talk about that one. And that did surprisingly well at the box office. It's a New Year's Mancarana film. Again, kind of showing his... his uh, that's been a good year for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also missed Sony, which technically we would have discussed in our last episode as it came out in January. But it wasn't really on my radar until I saw Anna Pema Chopra put it in her list of the best films of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is available on Netflix, and we do want to catch up with it. Um, but it just we just kind of didn't get to it for this episode. So I think those are kind of the major um, oversights, the major things we missed. I mean, between this and the last episode, there'll be like 50 movies. So yeah. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and before we get into the movies that started... Opening in July, we are going to talk about a couple that opened earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to start with Article 15, which we did talk about in our last episode. But at the time, only I had seen it. Mm-hmm. And you put it on your top ten of the year. Yeah, so, so I So I thought this... we'd give you the opportunity to talk about why. I think it came in at number six of your top ten of the year, seven? Something like that, yeah. I think it's a fantastic movie. And yeah. I think I watched this on a plane to Montreal. Another thing mm-hmm. we did was I had a lot of work trips, so that kind of... Yeah. Gets in the way of recording, but it actually lets me put a lot of movies in. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I thought that this was a fantastic film. Uh, for those of you who don't remember the last episode on these, um, Aishman Karana is sent to kind of a really rustic region and is investigating the, the disappearance of three uh, lower caste girls. Well, who, the murder of two and the disappearance of one. Yeah. Uh, who just wanted a 15 rupee raise or something and yeah. they were killed for it. Um, Teenage girls. Too. Based on true events, if I remember right, right? Uh, inspired at the very least. Yeah. I thought this movie was extremely effective. Yeah. It gave me a real True Detective season one vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, just the kind of searching around in swampy water. Yeah. And but less the, the there isn't really a mystical mysticism, yeah. What there is is you know caste conflict, yeah. And the sense that this town, if he wasn't there, if Karana's character hadn't shown up and been kind of not like in as a reformer, but essentially just frustrated that no one wants to do any police work. He's a disruptor, I think. He is, and he's from the city, and there's yeah. some sort of city country fighting there, but. If he hadn't shown up, this would just get written off, like, oh, yeah, these girls died. They run away sometimes, it says. And they essentially just try to blackmail their their fathers and just saying, like, oh, yeah, we beat them up and they ran away. Which, you know, you could look back at the stats of every other murder, right? Like, yeah. it'd say, like, oh, this, you know, this probably had a different thing. It, it really had a good um, visual style. The cinematography, I think, is fantastic. It's like there's a lot of night-for-night photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, the, the way... Setting cars on fire and... Yeah, the way that the landscape is captured with, like, a lot of fog coming in. It yeah, looks it looks amazing. really spooky. Yeah, and, and this this is from um, Anubhav Sinha, mm-hmm. uh, who we discussed um, one of his previous films, Gulab Gang. 
in a recent episode, and we discussed one of his other recent films, Raw One, yeah. uh, in an ep- just a couple episodes ago. And I would never have guessed that this is the same director as Raw One. Gulab Gang, though. Gulab Gang, yes, I this see This actually it. has a lot in common. I see a progression. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does next. It's a, and it's a fantastic movie. It's, yeah. it's definitely something you might want to have... Um, something more fun queued up afterwards because it is kind of a tough watch. Yep. But ultimately, I think it's rewarding. And I think for us who, you know, we are, as people know, we're we're not Indian. We've never been to India. Mm-hmm. I think the film does a good job of really articulating a lot of these issues around caste. Mm-hmm. Um, that Without outright saying it. Well, they do, actually. Karana asks all his cops, like, okay, what are you? What are you? Yeah, what are and, you? and they say, and they talk about how you, like, he shouldn't do that. Yeah, and, know? yeah, it, it's like a system that has to stay secret. Otherwise, people realize that and this is actually really bad. Mm-hmm. And he, oh, one of the reasons why he gets away with it is that he's a Brahmin, too. Yeah. It's my favorite Ayushman Karana performance of the year, for sure. I think it's my favorite one of his performances ever. I mean, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's getting as much um, kind of buzz or attention as, as like kind of Gully Boy. Um, it's kind of, but I think it's getting, a, it has a higher profile than like Santeria. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well worth uh, watching if, if you missed it. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so just yeah. go watch it. Easy, easy to access. Uh, so now we're going to talk about another film that was first debuted in January at Sundance. Then it came out in India in March, came out in the U.S. in May. And I kept waiting for it to come to Canada. And it never did. Hmm. <laughs> so it eventually... For theatrical. Yeah, yeah. It eventually appeared on Amazon Prime. So we got the opportunity to see it. Um, and yeah, I, I really don't know why it never came out here. Uh, this is photographed the latest from Ritesh Batra, uh, who previously made... The Sense of an Ending, and The Lunchbox, which Mm -hmm. I think our listeners would be familiar with, uh, which was a huge crossover hit. I mean, your mom saw it independent of us, right? Or did we tell her to watch it? I might have, but Mm -hmm. certainly she didn't watch it because she has a strong interest in Hindi cinema, though Mm -hmm. she does kind of have a passing interest in Hindi cinema now because of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it it did really well at the art houses in North America. Yeah, um, but not Canada, though. And and Batra then went on to you know direct some some English language stuff, um, as I mentioned, the sense of an ending, um, and our souls at night. And sense of an ending, that was at art houses, right? Like yeah. he's got an in into that sort of parallel cinema distribution stream rather mm-hmm. than the Bollywood centric, you know, mm-hmm. mainstream cinemas. Yeah. So that's interesting. And photograph also played at. Um, at um, the Berlin Film Festival, uh, where Gully Boy debuted, so mm-hmm. I've been I've had my eye on it for a while, um, and I'm glad that we finally had the opportunity to see it on Netflix. It stars Nawazuddin Siddiqui and Sanya Malhotra, also Jim Sarb and uh, Vijay Raz have kind of small cameos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you always gotta you always gotta give a shout out to uh, my boyfriend Jim Sarb. And Vijay Raz, I mean, <laughs> I love Vijay Raz. I always as like well. to see Vijay Raz. He um, has a really interesting character in this. I won't say because it's yeah. a spoiler, but when he shows up, it's pretty memorable. Yeah, and like the lunchbox, this is a very kind of quiet and contemplative, almost love story. Yeah, I was. Um, I said online that I got kind of in the mood for love vibes off of it. 
I don't think it's got the same lushness of cinematography. I mean, it, it is lush cinematography. It's just that it's not set in 60s Hong Kong, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's set nowadays, and um, where Nwazi and Siddiqui lives is pretty broke down, and mm-hmm. where um, Malhotra lives, Sonia Malhotra, yeah. where she lives is pretty nondescript. Yeah. But, like, is that kind of sense of... Longing. A longing, and, like, you know, they maybe could have a relationship, but... There's a lot of things in the way. Yeah. But so, they, they're just making a connection with somebody. Something the Lunchbox did extremely well. Yeah. Whereas in this, I think it skews a bit more romantic. Whereas the Lunchbox, it was sort of a little bit, but also more like just two people interacting and sharing stories with each other through the medium of this Lunchbox. I mean, I think they both have elements of romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, The Lunchbox it- ends kind of ambiguously on that. Yeah. Nawazuddin Siddiqui stars as a photographer in Mumbai, and he kind of um, pedals outside of India the big Gate. gate yeah. uh, He's got a little digital photography set up yeah, in his I was, backpack. Yeah, I was impressed. He takes photos of tourists outside India Gate and 30 rupees, charges them money for it. Yeah. Uh, Sanyu Mehultra is a student who's kind of studying to be an accountant who mm-hmm. one day... Um, walks by India Gate and he offers to take her photo and she becomes really enamored with the photo. But she takes off before she pays him. Well, she gets called away and she's kind of... Her family are very demanding. Yeah. And you get a sense that she typically doesn't get to make a lot of decisions. Yeah, and also she's never really spent time with um, people outside of her kind of social sphere or like mm-hmm. her, her class sphere, mm-hmm. um, moreover, uh, other than her maid. Uh, and so... Who sleeps in the kitchen. <laughs> Nawazidi and Siddiqui eventually finds her because her photo is up on a poster advertising, like, the cram school that she goes to. Mm-hmm. And or, cram school is a very, like, Japanese term for that. But, like, she goes to, like... You just got Japan on the brain. She's like, just, coaching school. That's yeah, what they yeah, call it. Yeah. That's what they call it in India. Um so he finds her because her face is up on the poster and asks her if she can pretend to be his girlfriend because his mother, no, his grandmother, yeah. is coming to visit. And he said in a letter to his grandmother that he had found a girlfriend and used her photo because he wants his grandmother off his case about getting married. His grandma <laughs> says she would stop making her, taking her medication. She's complaining yeah. to all her friends in the village. Like... This is just to shut her up, basically. Yeah, and she agrees to do it, and and a friendship forms between the two of them. And maybe, maybe if circumstances were different, something more. Um, and this film accomplishes an amazing feat of having actors who are like have quite an age difference. Nawazuddin Siddiqui. He's got to be is, twenty years older than her. He's forty-five, and I think Sanya Malhotra is about twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, she is twenty-seven. Um, but it doesn't feel creepy or odd here. I think partly because Nawazuddin Siddiqui, she always has an upper hand on him of kind of being higher class. Yeah. Um, and I think he he can play indeterminate age. Yeah. And by upper hand, I mean just kind of when you talk about power dynamics within. You're never worried about her. He, he's like a meek, nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Not that she's like better because she sure. she has more money because she comes from more money. But it just yeah. like it creates a power dynamic um, where they, they feel like equals, even though there's such an age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a really lovely movie. It's, it's very quiet. I think if you liked The Lunchbox, 
It's well worth seeking out. Yeah. Um, and Sonia Malhotra, it's great to see more from her uh, kind of since Dangal and then Bad Hi Ho. I really like her. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see her in more things. Um, our next film. So now now we're actually getting into the the July releases. Now we're actually doing what we said we, we do for this episode. Uh, and our first film is Super 30. Oh, yeah. I have to say, I did not expect Rithik Roshan to have a comeback this year, but it really feels like the year of Rithik Roshan. Why don't you, why don't you tell us about Super 30, Matt? Sure. So this is um, by a director who is having less of a comeback year, basically. Found yeah. out that he's kind of a bad guy. That's Vickis Ball. Yeah. So Super 30 was in... So Super 30 is the last Phantom film that will ever be released. Yeah. And it was in production uh, before before the allegations about Vickis Ball came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there so, was that article about how Kashyap knew and he was like yeah. stressing out and his, you know, his work is suffering, his family life is suffering. And he's like, do I destroy the company that my me and my friends put together the best company in india for movies that we like we always thought like yeah. anything anything phantom comes out you think and this is gonna be good mm-hmm. it's it's a, like a real united artist kind of thing right like yeah. but also you know he's a he's a he's an asshole i mean dare i compare it to miramax yeah <laughs> i don't think he affected quite as many people but it's it's definitely one of the situations where mm-hmm. you know Someone uses their power and f***s up a good thing. Yeah, and, you know, like Miramax or the Weinstein Company, obviously they were two different companies, but the downfall has been, um, you know, sexual assault allegations. Um, and and I appreciate that that powerful people in Bollywood like Anirag Kashyap and Vikram Aditya Matwane are not taking them lately. And unfortunately, it's meant the dissolving of Phantom. But we have one last Phantom film to discuss. Well, yeah. And Unfortunately, I, it's as someone who runs a small fall. artistic business, I mean, sometimes a decision like that is so difficult, right? Like, yeah, yeah there's so many reputations on the line, so many other artists who are depending on you to get their product out the door. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, their art will go unheard of, right? Yeah. There's so many people in the filmmaking business that the if the guy at the top makes a bad decision, that's hundreds of people losing their jobs and losing mm-hmm. access. So... It's not to diminish the crime, but also I could see why it would be difficult. Yeah, and we still want to talk about this film because obviously Vickis Ball directed it, but he is not the only person that worked on it. And mm-hmm. the the other people who, who put um, a lot of time and effort and skill and artistry into this film, it is, it is worth talking about it because of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just checked this one out last week, actually. So... Uh, it's on Hotstar, I think. Uh, Rithik Roshan, uh, Murnal Thakur, Amit Saad, and Pankaj Tripathi, who I believe was contractually obligated to be in every film this year. Oh, yeah, good for him. He certainly he certainly made his mark. <laughs> um, and it's a biopic of a guy who used to work at one of those cram schools, mm-hmm. and he was sort of a mathematical coaching, team, coaching academy. Yes, <laughs> coaching. I think it's excellence. Excellence Academy or something. And he's... um, We watch a lot of anime, too. Yeah. (laughs) So the whole cram school thing is... Rithi Roshan is kind of a genius. And this is where we're going to go into deep water. But, like, 
I believe he's also lower cast because his community, scare quotes, is mentioned fairly often about him. Mm-hmm. And in a fairly distracting part of the movie, his skin is a lot darker. And it took me yes. quite a while to kind of get used to it. And depending on the lighting, it works better sometimes than others. Yeah, and what's really interesting is if you look at pictures of the actual guy that Ruth Groshad is playing... He looks like Pankaj Tripathi. He looks like Pankaj Tripathi. Why yeah. did they just cast Pankaj Tripathi? Pankaj Tripathi would have been a home run. Anyways. But Ruth Groshan is this uh, sort of lower, uh, lower uh, social class guy who's a mathematical genius. Uh, he meets Pankaj Tripathi, who is, I believe, the education minister mm-hmm. for their state. And he's, he's won this award, it's like 1996... He's won this award for being the best computer, scare quotes, like just math mm-hmm. guy in the state. He ends up working at one of these schools mm-hmm. for your richer kids, teaching them math. And after kind of getting drunk one time and noticing that there's a link between rich people, uh, these cram schools, I'm going to keep saying cram school, and the political apparatus represented by Tripathy. And it's keeping people like himself, actually, out of uh, power and out of the access to education. Mm -hmm. And he decides to quit his job and cashes in all his money to make what he calls um, Super 30. Mm -hmm. And this is a free school for anyone who wants to make it to where he lives. And he sets up, like, you can live there, actually. It's like an academy you can live at. And they'll feed you. And basically, what he wants to do is train kids who don't have a chance anywhere else, math Mm -hmm. and science and all kinds of things. And it's a pretty emotional story. I think that it gets a little bit overblown by the end, but it does say... Yeah, there's kind of a big fight at the end. Well, the the cram school guy who's mad at him for leaving hires a bunch of thugs to try and kill him, and they have like this big showdown in a hospital. I compared it to Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. The kids use sort of science weapons that they develop using what they learned over the course mm-hmm. of the movie. In the credits, it says that he has, the real guy has uh, endured several assaults on his life, so... Yeah, I'm just sure it wasn't as like cinematically dramatic <laughs> I'm sure it was very dramatic but yeah. not in the same way that we see it in portrayed in the movie overall I did like this movie quite a bit yeah me too um, yeah despite despite wanting to hate it because of Vicus Bell's name on it I I also quite liked it and it's, you know it's a really charming film about um, an idea and it's about the right to education. So it's about something that I think you and I really believe in. Mm-hmm. And so it's charming. It's done really well. And Rithik Roshan's back. Well, we will get to his performance of the year. But this really, I think, signaled things to come for the year. That he he, he was like, look, I am back. I'm here. Yeah. I'm ready to do this. I liked how this guy wasn't a saint either. Yeah. He gets attracted to money. He mm-hmm. enjoys... The power and access that he gets by getting money. But he essentially has a kind of come to Jesus moment, basically saying, like, look, I can get some money and I can have a comfortable life, but there's hundreds, thousands of people like me who will never have access to it. And I got to do something. And despite the fact that Roshan doesn't look like the real guy, I actually think he does a really good job with this this role. Yes. Um, Because he, he brings on that charm that I've been missing from his most recent films like you know from Mohenjo Daro and 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 some of the other recent flops Mm -hmm. um 
So yeah, I, I really liked it. I think it's worth catching up with, though, you know, I understand if you don't want to give your money <laughs> to pick a spell. Yeah, I like that they use a metaphor from, I think it's the Mahabharata, too, of uh, um, what poor people throughout history kind of have to endure so that princes can reign. Uh, so moving on from Super 30, we have Judgmental High Kaya. So I didn't see this one. Yes, I did. It stars Kangana Ranawit, Rajkumar Rao, um, Jimmy Sheergal. It's directed by Prakash Kovlamudi. Uh, I was really looking forward to this. It had um, good posters. It had really fun posters. I like Rajkumar Rao a lot. Kangana Ranawit... Uh, uh, <laughs> I like her in movies, usually. I think Katniss Aranowitz can be really interesting in movies. Um, and I think she's given some great performances. And this, you know, promised to be a dark comedy that was a satire of, like, mental illness. And I thought it was going to be really fun. So the yeah. kind of, the basic premise is that Katniss Aranowitz plays a very kind of kooky and quirky girl who, like, clearly um, has a mental disorder. And... Rajkumar Rao plays um, this kind of this newlywed who moves into um, kind of a spare room near her apartment, kind of on the same floor. Uh, and he's kind of they like have some common space that they have to share. And she starts to suspect that he's evil, <laughs> that he's like a bad dude, uh, and that he is going to murder his wife. Hmm. Uh, and there's, so, like, rear window, kind of. Uh, well, no. She's not kind of, like, looking at them from afar. Mm. Um, she can't, like... She does, like, spy on them. But it's not like she's, like, stuck in her apartment. Mm. Um, she she has an interesting job. She plays a voiceover actress. And she likes to... Every time she kind of, like, does a role, she dresses up like the character that she sure. dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, has a photo shoot. Um yeah, it, it, there are some twists that I, you know, I don't want to spoil. And the second half of the film uh, takes place in London. Um, and it's, no, it's, really, I didn't get that from the trailer. Okay, and it's just yeah, it's this kind of like it wants to be this like psychological thriller where the whole time you're asking yourself, is Rajkumar Rao a serial killer, a murderer, or is kind of going to run away crazy? Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I, it falls flat. Uh, I certainly think that Rajkumar Rao and Kanagona Ranawit are really going for it. I think Rao's performance is, is more successful. And I saw people Harris's. kind of uh, criticizing this one for not the most amazing portrayals of mental illness. No, no, but I think it also wears that on its sleeve. I think it kind of mm. like acknowledges that. It almost seems like the Burbs. Remember that movie? Um. Tom Hanks I, I is guess, suspicious guess, of his yeah, neighbor. Like, yeah, but, so you're yeah. referencing like movies where people think their neighbors are stealing clothes. So yeah, I guess it is kind of in that tradition, but it also kind of doesn't feel like it is. It is. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think ultimately, like I didn't find it really funny. I didn't find the twists overly interesting. Uh, I was I was pretty disappointed in it, which is too bad. But hmm. it's certainly like an interesting movie and nothing else like it. I can, I can't point to anything else like it that came out this year. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to run out and watch it. Yeah, that's fair. We then have Kandani Shavakana starring Sanakshi Sinha, uh, Varun Shana, uh, Anu Kapoor, and uh, Badsha in a, Hmm. in kind of an extended cameo where he's essentially playing himself. You know, Uh, that seems about right. Directed by Shilpi Dasgupta. Uh, I have so little to say about this. This is... I don't know why 
this year there have been so many movies about like reproductive issues uh maybe in indian cinema maybe like vicky donor all the scripts that came out of that yeah have finally trickled into being movies i maybe so sanakshi Sinha plays a young woman who essentially inherits a sex clinic like you do yeah and so she has essentially become a pharmacist she has no license and supply. We should the, ask Juliet what she thinks about that. <laughs> yeah, supply the clients of this sex clinic with like homemade Viagra. So it's about like that seems kind of dangerous. Um, yeah, and it and it's very much about trying to kind of remove the taboo of you know talking about sex and and issues around sex, and that you know once. When society is more and people are more open to that, they can live happier lives because, you know, their sex lives aren't suffering. Was the Ayushman um, Karana uh, ED one last year? ED. Erectile oh, dysfunction? Was that last year or the year before? Shab Mangal Savan? Yeah. 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 See, like, and, and we're going to get to another one that's also about yeah. a Viagra substitute. Um, with Rajkumar Rao. So I, I don't know what's going on over there in India, but I'm I'm concerned. I thought the birth rate was actually pretty solid, Concerned actually. about your penises, okay? Yeah. The movies have made me concerned. How's the dongs doing? Um, Dong check. This movie is totally forgettable. The only thing that I really note about it uh, is that this whole Sanakshi Sinha taking over this sex clinic thing without, like, any credentials whatsoever. And then eventually she gets called on that. I'm like... Yeah, obviously. Like we Yeah, you should probably not, have someone in charge of like Yeah, you need to like things. actually become a pharmacist if you're going to like give people medicine. Um so that kind of stuck with me and then also just that it's kind of it seems to be a larger trend of movies about kind of reproductive issues or, or kind of sexual dysfunction or erectile dysfunction. So it's in the pantheon of oh no boners. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's about all there is to say about it. I also have very little to say about um, <laughs> Jabaria Jody um, with Siddharth Maholtra and Pariniti Chopra. See, now that guy needs a hit now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Directed by Prashant Singh. Um, I liked uh, A Gentleman. It was, what, 2017? Yeah, it was a while But, ago. like, he needs a movie that does well. Yeah, I'm also worried about Siddharth Maholtra, who, like, I like. And, I mean, obviously, he had Kapoor and Zenz, though. He's not really the standard of Kapoor sets at all. No, I mean, his is the easiest character to do, basically. Yeah. Uh, so this is like reuniting Siddharth Maholtra and Perry Nidhi Chopra. Oh, good. After Passy Tofasi, uh, which is a film I haven't seen, but I know people really love, and I've always mm. meant to catch up with it. Uh, listeners, please don't make <laughs> us uh, catch up on the movies of Perry Chopra. I beg of you. This has, uh, like, it's based on this, like, thing that happens in parts of India where where guys will be hired to kidnap the groom um, and then so, so so yeah so like a, these the are brides, like reluctant grooms right like yeah. they get kidnapped then, so that they have a get married the bride's family in order to get out of paying a high dowry mm-hmm. will hire someone to kidnap the groom and then they force the couple to get married and so they end up playing the kidnapper less than they would pay for the dowry. So they make it so that it's like a less advantageous marriage? And like, oh, they got, it's like a shotgun marriage almost, but not with being pregnant? Yeah, with like actual shotguns. Hmm. Um, and so, again, it's to get out of having to pay dowry. Okay. Um, That's... 
So That's something you can make a movie about, I guess. Yeah, so it's a romantic comedy set around a guy who kidnaps grooms for a living. Yeah, that could be something. <laughs> and Perry and Edie Chopra kind of, again, there's like this, like, it, there's a lot of... Uh, she hates him, she loves him, she hates him, she loves him. I don't remember a lot of the details about this film and, like, the twists and the reveals. I just remember how bored I was with it. It was mm. not good. And Sitel's Marholtra and Perniti Chopra had no chemistry. They're not a um, Jody, is what you're saying. I don't think so. Even Aparshakti Karana, Aishman um, Karana's brother, who I always think is delightful, could Yeah, he's not good. He was going to look, look at Chupi as well me. this month. No, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. When's his breakout role going to be? Do you think he'll ever be a main guy? Um, I think it's more... I think he'll always be more of a character actor. I mean, I guess we'll see. He has a really distinctive face. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, I remember so little about that film other than the setup and just how bored I was. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and Give it a miss. Unfortunately, I can't say I remember that much about Butler House either. Directed by uh, Nikhil Advani, starring John Abraham and Murnell Thacker. Um, this is based on true events uh, about an encounter case at what is known as Butler House. Like an encounter killing? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, where Did he made shootout at what he... Uh, um... I don't think he was in that. I don't remember. No, John Abraham. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Shootout at Wadala, right? He was in the second one. Yeah, I think he was in the second one. Yeah. Yeah. So another encounter-killing movie for John Abraham. Yeah, and this is very much like kind of... This is kind of the standard fare. I I see John Abraham in these days. Earlier this... Or earlier last year, he had Romeo Akbar Walter... And Satyam Jayate, right? He's, yeah, he's doing a lot of just, these just cop movies. action thrillers um, that are often um, kind of vaguely based on true stories or inspired by true stories like this one is. Um, yeah, I, I remember thinking that this film was interesting and kind of, you know, it was tightly paced. Um, but it was forgettable. It was kind of the thing that you like forget about as soon as you sure. walk out of the there theater. There was a house. People shot bullets at each other. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot from the the fallout of the character killing of whether or not um, Abraham and his men uh, did the right thing and had the right information, whether or not these men that they um, killed, essentially... Uh, were in were involved in a um, in a bombing in Delhi, and so um, he also deals with a lot of like so the media. He becomes kind of a villain in the in the media's eyes, and there's a lot of kind of him dealing with post traumatic stress. Um, yeah, like I thought it was fine. Um, it was just forgettable, hmm. you know. And I think so many John Abraham movies fall into that category for me lately. Fine. But forgettable. He needs to do another. Well, I know they're remake. They're doing another um, uh, Dostana, but he should do another comedy movie. He's pretty good at that. Well, he did Pagal Panty. Oh, right. Okay, <laughs> the one we missed. Never mind. Or is it Pagal Panty or Pal- Palgal Panty? I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, partly because I did not see it, <laughs> and oh. I had Pagal Panty. It's with yeah. a G. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, moving on from that. Oh, Mission Mangal. I've seen this one. Yes. 
so this is a movie about the 2014-15 uh, Mars mission that India did. Mm-hmm. And it features Akshay Kumar as kind of a bit of an eccentric uh, guy who runs the mission. But I think that this is mostly Vidya Balan's movie. Yeah. Directed by Jagan Shakti. Despite the fact that Akshay Kumar is much bigger on the poster. Yeah, he's huge on the poster. <laughs> and I've seen people refer to it as like hidden figures, but also Akshay Kumar is there. Because mm-hmm. the real mission had a lot of women working on it. And yeah. this one definitely puts forth quite a few women, including Sanakshi Sinha, Tapsi Panu, Kirti Kohari, and Nithya Menon. Mm-hmm. So women in all kinds of different situations. One's a Muslim girl who can't find a place to live because she's divorced too right uh tapsi panu can't drive which um <laughs> that resonated with me yeah. uh sanakshi sinna one of them gets pregnant yeah i think that's uh, nithya menon gets pregnant and uh sanakshi sinna wants to go to nasa and she like has lots of guys over at her place <laughs> yeah and sharma she's jo- a modern girl yeah she's the modern girl and sharma joshi's like ooh, modern girl <laughs> uh but this is what I like to call a Mighty Ducks movie, mm. where a bunch of ragtag misfits come together and do something cool. Yeah. Um, I also liked, this is one of those science movies that explains fairly complicated concepts by showing you like concrete examples. Yeah. So the way that they figure out that this satellite, they can't use the right rocket, it blew up, it's no good. So they have to use this moon rocket instead of a Mars rocket. Yeah. But the way they figure out to save on fuel is... Uh, Vidya Balan's um, maid is making uh, papadums. And when the oil gets hot enough, you could just turn off the gas mm-hmm. and just use it for a while and then turn it on when it gets cold again. They figure, oh, I'll do that with the satellite. Later on, what the old guy on the team notices, like, oh, a bunch of people don't seem to like plastic, but what if we used plastic? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it was a, it was an enjoyable movie. Um, uh, it's nice to see Vidya Balan kind of having... A whole ensemble cast behind her. Yeah, and she gets to play kind of like a a fun working mom in this. Mm-hmm. Who, <laughs> the subplot of her husband not really understanding like the importance of her work, I think was a bit cliche. Kind of maddening. It's also like um, I'm an accountant or whatever. Space, pff, no one goes there. Space sucks. Yeah. Why do you even go to work every day? There's also a subplot of her son being interested in Islam and that being like an issue. Yeah. Um. So I I, I think I could have done without less some family of, stuff. Yeah. Some of the home life of Vidya Balan, but I liked the the workplace dynamic of this group of misfits of like they're you know. Um, the majority of them are women, and then the couple of men there are very much like, you know, shunned by the rest of the men. In well, one guy is really old, and he's space. about to retire. Then he gets called in for this gig. Like, yeah, yeah, and then Charmin Joshi. And Charmin Joshi, <laughs> don't really know what his problem was. He was he seemed basically fine. Yeah, but it's just like it. Yeah, it's it's a group of like awkward misfits um, who are committed to the work that they're doing. I will say that this movie very smart. Okay, I'm not totally up on my indian labor laws but this is flaunting many labor issues like yes. the the woman who has a kid they build a crib at ne- their version of nasa yeah and I guess I the isa like, is just like you're, you're like oh that's cute like the kid gets to grow up at the space factory and i'm like they're chaining a mother to her desk for 16 hours a day and like her kid is there because they only have, like, two years to do this project. Well, They're all I, pulling, like, so much work. And this is shown as being, like, 
fun and patriotic. Yeah, I just thought it was nice to show like like working mothers, and then you know you rightfully pointed out you're like, but also she should get mat leave. Yeah, she <laughs> should go like, on maternity leave. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe once once the satellites up in space, they have to wait like a few months. Yeah. So like maybe she took some time off then. Someone yeah. seems to be on call all the time in case something happens to the satellite. Yeah, but- I thought I think this is. In many ways, this film felt very cliched, but I also thought it was really crowd pleasing. Um, and it's a nice story, yeah. And it celebrates kind of like scientific achievement, yeah. um, which I think is something kind of worth celebrating and making movies. It didn't about. have any daddy issues in it either. For like most American space movies, yeah. typically have like, oh no, my dad went to space and I'm sad, or what if I get sad when I go to space. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm someone who doesn't particularly like kind of like space exploration films. I can't stand the right stuff. You and Claire, my employee, <laughs> doesn't like robots and doesn't like movies involving space. Well, I mean, I like... Such a broad space category. Space fantasy, you know. Give yeah. me Jupiter Ascending any day. But when it's like... And Babu Frick. <laughs> yeah. But when it's, you know, when it's like Apollo 11 or Apollo 13. I think that's Any of cool. the Apollos or First Man. I, I like all that I stuff. I know. Um, but this I this I really liked. I think kind of everyone's character maybe not like They're simplistic, drawn. but they work fine. Exactly. Like they might not all be three dimensional, but they do work really well and they are all kind of exemplify like a certain type and the dynamic between all the characters is really interesting. Um and I think it's a movie where you really do root for them. Yeah. You know, and, and it explains the, the science and the physics, I think, in a way for, you know, people who are not rocket sciences to understand. Yeah, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to yeah. watch this movie. And I, and yeah, you know, the, your Mighty Ducks analogy. I love this ragtag team and how, like, everyone at, like, the Indian Space Institute or agency, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I do not know the official name. Um, but everyone there totally underestimates these guys, and they just kind of give them a dirty corner um, hilariously, to work in. <laughs> hilariously, across the street from the ultra-modern India Space Agency building, there's like a decrepit old observatory or something, like full yeah. of cats. It's it's very on the nose, but I did like it. Yeah, Indian Space Research Organization. Uh, yeah, so like I I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was yeah. good. Yeah. If you like space movies, check her out. Yeah. Then we have Chachore, directed by Nitesh Tiwari, starring Sushant Singh Rajput, Shraddha Kapoor, Farhan Sharma, Pratik Babar, Tahir Raj Basin, Naveen Polishetti. Um, big ensemble cast. This looked uh, <laughs> I didn't watch it. Yeah, this was... It was down to this or Super 30, and I picked the one with the kids. Yeah, yeah. We kind of... You had a poll going of, like, what movies that you should catch up with. Yeah, and, and my Chichori. followers, you know, sold me down the river, which I'll explain in a minute. Yeah. Um, and you put Chitori on there, but it didn't win. So this is a, um, it's a drama of kind of set in two timelines. So in the present day... Like Little Women. Yes, like like Little Women, though this has far more old age makeup. Mm. So in present day, um, Sushant Singh Rajput and Shraddha Kapoor play... Uh, two separated parents uh, whose son has committed suicide and they're Stress obviously... Stress at school, right? Like, uh, yes. Like he uh, didn't, three idiots. Yeah, he didn't get into the school that he was trying to get into and so he attempted to kill himself um, and his parents are understandably distraught and kind of at his um, bedside while he is in a coma, their friends from college start to arrive and they start to tell their son 
about their own college days. While he's in a and, coma. Like he's, yes, while he's, he's in a coma. The, he's the audience. And it seems to be helping. So the film goes back and forth between kind of um, the, the actors when they're older, wearing a lot of horribly looking old age makeup, kind of dealing with, um, with it, this situation and also kind of reconnecting and flashing back to their carefree, fun college days. And I have to say, the stuff that you see in their carefree young college days just makes me think that they're assholes. Like, mm. there's this big kind of... I mean, comment. Rancho was kind of an asshole, too, in Three Idiots. Like, yeah. He's fun in the movie, but if you met that guy, you'd probably think he's pretty frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So all of these, it's, it's also, again, a bit like, it's a group of misfits, you know, mm-hmm. like your Mighty Ducks analogy. So all of these guys the kind Mighty of... the Mighty Ducks of school? <laughs> all of these guys end up at kind of a an undesirable, like, boarding house, like frat, not frat house, um, Wait, residence. is this, like, Animal House? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, but they they all end up in like an uncool residence, and they kind mm-hmm. of band together through that. And there's kind it's of like where Kabir inter- Singh lives, right? <laughs> no, Kabir Singh would be at the cool residence. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they kind of he's at Batla House. They're at <laughs> uh, like you know Chichori House. I mean, I hope he's at Batla House. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can get whacked while he's there. Uh, God. So they band together, and there's kind of like an inter-residence um, competition, and they decide that they're like really going to go for it and try and win, and their way of like going for it and trying to win is to do a lot of like really horrible sabotage on everyone else. Oh, good. Um, I just, again, I kind of thought they were assholes. I also think it's problematic that like Shraddha Kapoor is like the only woman like she seemingly has no friends in college and none of her friends seem to be important as they're dealing with this tragedy counterpoint in the present day she's Shraddha Kapoor <laughs> I'm just saying the film was from a very masculine perspective yeah, yeah, about like, like and it was very boys will be boys and you know about the good old days uh, and I just like did not. What, how good of pranks with are it. these? Because I did some pranks when I was at university. Matt, I saw this movie in early September. Okay, so the prank, the, pr- remember, the prank war wasn't good enough to remember five years later. I remember five months later that one of them involved having um, a girl talk to one of the guys. Um, he was like, I don't remember what sport he was good at, but like to stay up all night and girls would talk to him so that he wouldn't go to bed, so that he would be sleep deprived. So they, like, got Strata Kapoor and, like, her friends. Again, who, like, have no names. See, I would fall asleep as soon as she started talking. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Okay. And then they lost the game. Yeah. You know, I know. I think I think this film has a very important message. Um, that there is more to life than how you are judged in school. There is more yes. to life than academia and that your grades your grades don't define you and they are not oh, worth no. once you, you get the degree no one no one kill yourself over kids once you get a degree literally no one gives a shit what your grades are like yeah. once you leave high school no one cares what your grades are like yeah so once you just go to work and like do a pretty good job you're fine but academic achievement is especially in in places where it is far more competitive than yeah. what you and I dealt with. India and Japan especially, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. this is a huge issue and there are a lot of expectations. So, like... But after that, though, like, if you survive <laughs> the gauntlet, basically. So, I did, like... 
I did recognize like this is this is about a real serious issue and and it, this has a really important message. But they already did a movie called Three Idiots all about it. Yeah, I think Three Idiots is far more successful, though. Yeah. You know that director also has some. Yeah, he's some problems. got some issues himself. Yeah, so I just like this. This really didn't work for me. Again, I just I found it very masculine. It's got a lot of really off-putting kind of sex jokes because. Uh, Varun Sharma's character, whose nickname, whose nickname is Sexa, is just like known for being really horny. Is he like that guy in Ishvish that everyone thought was like this sex god type guy, but like he actually never had sex? No, not quite like that. He's just like really horny. Oh, yeah. So he, he is just a horny nerd. Okay. Yeah, and he's just like it's implied that he's like always masturbating and. Mm. That's tough to pull off, and if you live in a residence. Yeah, yeah. So. I that sucks. Move on. I didn't care. Next for movie. It. Um, but which is disappointing because I I do like Natish Tiwari. His previous films on Gal I've already mentioned. I like Sushant Singh Rajput, but his output lately not so good. I agree. I also like him, but I find his. Uh, I his think it's because we watched his best movie. Well, okay, he was in Sancheria this year, and he's excellent. Yeah, he's but I think we watched. Uh, Detective Biancash Bakshi, I think that was the first thing we watched by him. And we we're like, man, this guy's awesome. Yeah. And then, like, every other movie he does is pretty boring yeah. and bad. I think also, I just... Do you really have that lot of nostalgia for, like, our college days? Well, I lived in residence, so I actually do. Yeah. I had a lot of fun Which is when kind I lived of one of the reasons you why... You lived at home, right? Yeah, and the, or I just lived on my own. Yeah, so it was Or I lived with you. Yeah, it wasn't quite that exciting for you, because you just drove in every day, whereas I was, like, completely disconnected. I could drink as much as I want, you know, like... Which is one of the reasons why I think you should maybe actually catch up with it, because I'd be interested in your perspective as someone who did live in residence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think back fondly on that stuff. We did pranks. We yeah. did all kinds of funny shit. All right. Yeah. So that brings us to Dream Girl, starring Ayushman Karana and Nushrat Barucha. She was in Sonu K. Tituki Sweetie, which I hated. And I didn't see. Um, and PR Ka um, Pachama, too, so... She's done some Love Ranjan stuff. Um, And she also had a special appearance in Marjavan last year. So a bunch of movies I didn't see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure where you would recognize her from. Uh, Dream Girl. Oh, sorry. This is directed by Raj Shandilia. Um, (laughs) This is a weird movie. Ayushman Karana plays a man who is very good at impersonating a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of in the um, like the Ram Leela play that they do, he'll play Sita. Sure. Uh, and so he gets a job at essentially... It's a call center where lonely men call to talk to women, but none of what we... Not for s- jerking off. Yeah, none of what we see... Uh, on like a, screen involves jerking off. It's like a party line, I guess. Remember those? Yeah, it's just men call to talk to... Yeah, lonely men call to talk to women. Okay. Um, kind of, probably most notably, one of the clients is Vijay Raz, who kind of plays a cop who um, writes poetry, and he calls to to talk about his poetry. Oh, that, uh, <laughs> that old gag, huh? Yeah, and so Ayushman Karana gets a job pretending to be a woman mm-hmm. and a bunch of men in town and another and a woman 
um, all become like completely enamored with him and fall in love with him. And then obviously like hijinks ensue because they all think that this is a real woman. Sounds like and, a real hijinks type movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually Ayushman Karana impersonating a woman. Um, his like fiance's brother <laughs> falls for him. Like hijinks ensue. Um, this, you know, this is a pretty slight movie, I think, especially compared to Article 15, um, that Karana did earlier that we discussed at the top of the show. Uh, and it's very silly. I think ultimately it's pretty minor, but I did have fun with it while I was watching it. I do wish that they had pushed kind of conversations around gender politics a bit further. Sure. Um, it just kind of doesn't really seem to have a point other than like, it's funny to have. It's it's funny this idea that all these men are in love with this woman who is not actually a woman. Yeah. Um, including Ayushma Karana's dad. Um, who is like willing to convert to Islam for this woman. Wow, just like uh, Debong, huh? Yeah. Wow. Debong? Yeah, because... Oh, yeah! He, yeah, yeah, cause yeah. Because he... Uh, he uh, Chupapande buys that uh, cell phone for his dad. Yes. And then, like, pretends to be yes. a girl. Sorry, yeah. they were saying someone's converted to Islam in Debong. I was like, I don't remember that. No, no, no. Um, yeah, so it's... It is silly. So it's, it's a joke. It's a, like a two-minute joke from Debong that turns into a movie. Pretty big subplot of the film, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just like... It is... It's silly. Sounds pretty slight. Yeah, it was silly. So Section 375, directed by Ajay Bal, starring Akshay Khanna, Risha Shada, Rahul Bhatt, and Mira Chopra. I I don't know what to make of this film. Um, it's a legal this, drama. It's a legal drama, and it's very much um, kind of in a Me Too space. So Mira Chopra plays a um, young woman working in Bollywood. I believe she's like um, a... Um, costume assistant Mm -hmm. Uh, and she claims that the director of the film that she has been working on played by Rahul Bhatt has sexually assaulted her and we do get some kind of like Rashomon-esque um, flashbacks where we see things like things from different perspectives or Or pink right they kind of did that there too um no, it wasn't quite Pink that did that. It affected that. Mm-hmm. And um, there was another Well, Pink, one. they had the... Yeah, I mean, Pink, they did. Because it was at the oh, trial, yeah, they did right, say... Did. And at the yeah. end, you see the video of what yes. the yes. camera saw. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so this is a... It's a it's a courtroom drama. And our main characters are Risha Shada and actually kind of who are playing the lawyers. So Risha Shada is um, the prosecutor. And Akshay Khanna is the defense. He is defending this this filmmaker who is potentially a rapist. And this is a weird um, movie to put out after some pretty big allegations come out about some of the biggest directors in the system. Yeah, and ultimately, like, as I was watching it, I was like, where, where is this going? And where it ultimately goes perplexes me. Um, I don't want to give things away, but um, I had some issues with with the conclusion of this film, um, and yeah, I, and I, I don't feel like I can really talk about it without giving things away, so I won't. But I think there is a larger conversation we have around this film um, and about what it is saying about consent. 
I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. I will say, actually, Kana and Risha Shada, I both think give great performances. Uh, these are two actors that I really like, and I think it's really fun to see them going at it in a courtroom. Sure. Uh, yeah. Actually, Anytime actually Kana shows up, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, but I just, I, I don't know what to make about, yeah, where this film goes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, still don't know anything about it. No, next up is the movie that my treacherous followers made me watch. Uh, this is the Zoya <laughs> Factor. I think a lot of people really enjoyed this film, Matt. Okay, I'll take your word on that. Uh, so this is the Zoya Factor, Abhishek Sharma, featuring Sunam Kapoor or Dulkar Saman. Um, even for a rom-com, this was pretty slight yeah. and especially dull. Uh, so Sunil Kapoor is a girl who's born, I think, on the day that the Indian cricket team wins in 83. Yeah. And is kind of seen as a lucky charm for her whole life, especially with regards to cricket. Mm-hmm. Her dad and her brother are like army guys, but they're also really into cricket. Mm-hmm. And she uh, ends up with the current Indian national team headed by uh, Delkar Saman. And like... Anytime that she's around and eats breakfast with them, they dominate a cricket. Mm-hmm. And they're at the, I guess, I don't think it was the um, the finals. Like, I don't think it was, is it the Ashes? I forget the name of the, like the, <laughs> a, I'm going to kill for this one. I don't gonna, know why gonna, people like listening to these episodes. These episodes always do well, but it's a lot of us trying to remember details. Of- they're at an international <laughs> cricket event, but it's not like the main one. Yeah. And, you know... They eat breakfast and then they dominate. But then Dulkarbert Saman's like, what about hard work and us being good at sports? Isn't that important? So then he kind of makes her go and then they're bad. Yeah, he doesn't want the team relying on luck and superstition. Yeah, which is dumb. I mean, <laughs> just go and win the cricket. Um, Sonic Kapoor is also a copywriter in this movie, but she gets sent to a photo shoot. I found that baffling. <laughs> what is the point of having her there? It's not like she's inventing, you know costumes or things for them to wear uh i'll say that yeah this movie is a total bore um i looked at my phone a lot um <laughs> obviously the romance is between sonam kapoor and Delker Salmon. yeah um i think that guy is wooden he's handsome but didn't get the point of that guy i'm gonna get killed for this one but yeah he, there's nothing about that guy that i found interesting I've, he's better in south indian movies i gather he seems very popular there. i i liked him in carwan which you still haven't seen um, which is that was his first Hindi film. Um, I I will say like he doesn't have a personality in this. He's like the cricket guy who likes cricket, but like pure cricket and non magic cricket. Yeah, I know that he has a he has a very big fan base and especially a big female fan base. Um, and he's fine. Like. I have liked him in some Malayalam films. I haven't liked everything that he's done. I got a big list of uh, South Indian ones <laughs> for me to check out of his. So maybe maybe I'll get on a, a Dulker Saman kick. But one thing I will say about this movie, even though she is a copywriter, there is a lot of like um, photography and especially uh, like sort of TV ads. And maybe she's writing those, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the Indian National Cricket Team has to like advertise paint or cars or that kind of yeah. thing. And I thought it was kind of interesting the way that uh, the sports world and like the advertising world mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, I do like when movies, when the uh, main character talks directly to the screen, like we're kind of in on the game with her. Yeah. But like... 
And it's narrated by Shah Rukh Khan, we should say. It's narrated by Shah Rukh Khan. Of 2019. Just that's sad. But, um, like, this conceit. Hey, not as sad as zero. This conceit that she can, like, talk to the audience, you know, like, Ferris Bueller style, I guess, doesn't really go anywhere. Also, there's some really horrible CGI, almost on the level of, uh, um, like, those weird Russian uh, cartoons that you find sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. really strange directorial choice on that part. Yeah, I... Based I, on a popular book, I guess. Yeah, and, and I believe Sonu Kapoor holds the rights to another book by the same author. Oh, really? Um, Damn it. Were you saying I might have to watch another one? I don't know, maybe. Did they get married and, like... Cricket gets outlawed, or like, well, what do they do no, next? They already book, won. They already a, won the. It's a book chapter. by the same author, but I think it's a different. Oh, it's not story, a sequel. Okay, like yeah. I don't know what else they could do in the world of cricket. Like, they, yeah. Spoiler alert: They win the cricket. <laughs> they did it. So, I, I am always very conflicted about what I think of Sonu Kapoor. I, I, I like her as a person quite a bit. Um, I think she's kind of lazy, though. As an actress, like, and if there isn't a good script, she'll just coast right on by. Just like, oh yeah, that's easy. Sure, okay. But what I want to say is I admire her as a person and as a public figure because especially lately, she's really been sticking up for things that she believes in and yes. she is not afraid of being political. And Ed Gladke, the beginning of the year? Yep. Very good movie, Ed actually. Gladke, I think, also had a very important thing to say. I think it was very good. It had actual um, like depth of character, though. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, and gosh, then, it, would be, it would be really nice to like date the cricket team leader yeah. right and then she's great in stuff like nirja mm-hmm. i think she's fantastic in that and i do like this persona that you see in the zoya factor and then also in things like aisha and um dolly ki dolly of this kind of like she's a con man she's like a con artist in dolly ki dolly though like yeah. she actually has like a job and that's kind of cool yeah but i think i think she's very much she's a girl's girl she um, when she's in movies, she wears interesting outfits and she kind of presents herself as like self-deprecating and ditzy. So is she and one I of think- those girls, girls where it's like she can't have too much of her personality because then you can't audience in your insert yourself into her life. Well, I think she's just, I think she's relatable to women. Okay. I do like Sonu Kapoor, um, but I'm never, I'm never really wowed by her performances or her film choices. Um, you know, like. I, I like some of them more than others. You know, I thought Veer Day Wedding was fun, though I didn't think she was the fun part of it. Um, but this, I agree, it was kind of slight and kind of forgettable. And I'm, I wanted more from it because I think this year we haven't had a lot of great romantic comedies. And that's something that Bollywood does so well. Like Beffer Cry. Yeah, exactly. Like Beffer Cry. Uh, and Coop's Rod. She's good in that. Yeah. She's playing an equally ditzy kind of person but in that there's like and by ditzy royal... I don't mean unintelligent because no no she's, she's like clumsy her, she her falls characters down. are frequently very smart yeah maybe klutzy yeah maybe that's a better adjective but in Kupserat which is more of a Disney princess feature almost she has to like teach the royal family how to like each other and how yeah. to have fun whereas in this a couple of the cricket guys have a little bit of a story outside of it and there's Dalkar Simone who falls in love with her or whatever but like that's it? You have to rely on that? Yeah. There's, there isn't enough subplots. Yeah, there wasn't enough here. I agree. And it was long. Yeah. It was two and a half hours long, but there was, like, less movie. Yeah. 
But I, I do just want to say that I, I really appreciate that Sonia Kapoor lately has really been speaking her mind um, on her social media and in the media, um, which I think, you know, is something that she's always done. She had that BuzzFeed article um, that I really admired that she published a couple of years ago called, like, I, I Didn't Wake Up This Way, um, all about body image. And, and yeah, lately... She, she seems like a more interesting person in real life than she I plays think in so. movies. That's like, I, yeah, I, I think she's more interesting as a, as a person than as an actress. I agree. She should do some more meta roles. Yeah. Like... Uh, Oh, Karina Kapoor and heroin or something like that. Like, yeah. seeing what it's like to actually be a famous actress. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, so then quickly, I will describe Prasthanam, uh, directed by Devakata, starring Sanjay Dutt, Manisha Kerala, Jackie Shroff, Chunky Pandey, and Ali Fazal. This is like a sprawling gangster, like family gangster drama, uh, where Sanjay Dutt kind of like plays the... Um, patriarch of a political family, I believe. Um, but again, like it's like Sarkar. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I say gangster, but they're politicians. But it has that same kind of like gangsters always end up becoming politicians. Yeah, so, and it has yeah. that same kind of like legacy of like sons succeeding after their fathers and having to having to take over like the family dynasty. Sure. Um, this was bad. <laughs> <laughs> this was really bad um, and also had some horrible stuff in terms of violence against women that I don't want to get into because I'd like to forget that these things happened. But let's just say that everything falls apart um, when one of the beloved sons in this family sexually assaults um, this woman that he's obsessed with and then they kill her and then his sisters, like the one that performs the autopsy, so he he goes and kills his own sister for because his sister's going to figure She's out that she was sexually assaulted. County coroner or something? Yeah. It, That's weird. This is bad. It was really bad. So it's bad. like mere support, but you're supposed to root for them? It was bad. Huh. I don't know who we were supposed to root for. I think we were just supposed to like bear witness to toxic masculinity tearing this family apart. Oh. Um, you could look out the window to see Yeah, that. it's a remake of a Telugu film. Yeah, I've mostly blocked that out of my mind. But this next film, oh boy. Oh boy, Matt. Oh boy. Oh, that is War. All right. Yeah. yeah. Now there's a movie. Yeah, I, I don't think we had high expectations for War. We did kind this of This was do, a huge surprise. Yeah, I think we did an episode kind of like, oh, we're gearing up for a war. But we were almost kind of being a little tongue-in-cheek. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, you guys can tell sometimes, but we get pretty sarcastic. Yeah, uh... This is a this movie's awesome. This movie ruled, and it actually like made me like Tiger Shroff. Yeah, like I'd watch if he did another one of these or something in this vein. I'd watch it. I don't know. I don't think he's not the draw here. Rithik Roshan. No, he's is not the, the draw, draw. But like, here. he's not like the boring black hole of no charisma, but lots of kicking that he normally yeah. is. Yeah. So it's directed by Siddharth Anand, uh, who previously did Bang Bang. Friend of the show, Siddharth Anand. Yeah. Uh, stars with a Groshan and Tiger Shroff, as well as Vani Kapoor in what is essentially an extended cameo. As like, no homo Jones. <laughs> uh, yeah. This movie is so homoerotic. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did too. Did <laughs> you want to explain it for us? Sure. Um... I'm sick of talking. It's kind of a I'm middle... I'm sick of having you interrupt me. Can I just interrupt you a lot while you try and explain the movie and what you liked about it? Sure. It's kind of a Metal Gear vibe to this. 
Like, what? yeah. Like, Rithik Roshan is this legendary soldier operative spy guy mm-hmm. who has his own, like, baby-style unit, I guess. Like mm-hmm. the movie Baby. Who they, they go around and they could do whatever missions they want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also kind of maybe a Rambo thing, too. Like a commando type. Because there's, like, this general who gives them missions to do. And Tiger Shroff really wants to join this unit because uh, his dad was disgraced himself somehow. Yeah, and he, he wants traitor. Yeah, he was a traitor, so he wants to... And Richard to, Roshan killed him. Yeah. Uh, and he wants to get his family's honor back. Um, and this is all fairly boilerplate, but then once uh, Rithik Roshan steps They're off like of a, a helicopter... like a special ops team going after, like, a terrorist. Yeah. But once Rithik Roshan steps off a helicopter, like, hoisting a bag over his shoulder, <laughs> and you see Tiger Shroff just like, oh, <laughs> oh, what's this? <laughs> Yeah, the wind and then you're kind of off to the, the races. Music, and it's just like, oh, they're so in love. Rithik Roshan's got a little salt and pepper going on in his hair. Yeah. It is working for him. Oh, it's so working for him. So then they go on this madcap globetrotting adventure. Lots of double crosses. You know, lots of chases, yeah. fights, all everything. And there's two timelines. So kind of it opens with... Um, with Tiger Shroff having to hunt down his hunt old mentor, down his old mentor because his mentor has gone rogue, and then we get the flashbacks to kind of um, how they met and established their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this this movie, this movie is so much fun. It we thought it was just going to be really, a lot a laugh, but like by the end of it, we we're all looking at each other like hell yeah, <laughs> this movie rules. Really delivers on the action there are some incredible set pieces in this film Mm -hmm. um always bolstered by the homoerotic tension between Rithik Roshan and Tiger Shroff which I think the film is totally aware of I think it's totally aware that it's playing with that and boosting it up because there is a scene when a woman says to Rithik Roshan I could marry you and Tiger Shroff says get in line yeah (laughs) he's basically if you've seen Letterkenny um Tiger Shroff is the rolled to Rithik Roshan Stewart. But this is like, this is the volleyball scene in Top Gun for a whole like a whole yeah. movie. Like it rules. It's so much fun. The final uh, fight between two characters is so, so over good. the top. It's so good. Like they should have died at least like fifteen times over the course of this crazy thing. Yeah. It explains why there's no superhero movies in India for the most part. You have movies like this where superheroic things happen to cool badasses. Like, like, I don't know what more you need. Do you know what this is? This is Bollywood Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, like, the best way possible. The Metal Gear thing is, like, the idea of a legendary soldier. Which is weird. Like, in Canada, we don't really have anything like that. Mm-hmm. In fact, our best guys are, like, state secrets. It's JTF2. Mm. Like, they do all kinds of crazy stuff that we yeah. actually never hear about. But the idea of someone being, like the best at soldiering is kind of alien to us. So it's kind sure. of cool to see. But like in the States, you have like, you know, American Sniper. Or whatever. Right. Like, this guy is so good at killing people. We all love him. Let's throw him a parade. In this, it's kind of like he's gone on so many missions and killed so many people. It's but do you awesome. think the public really knows about him? Or is it just like within the military they know how great he is? I don't know. It's also unclear, like, what branch of the military he's in. Like, like, they could be a private company. We don't know. Yeah, it seems pretty special ops. I don't know if there's, like, a lot of reporting on what he's doing. Yeah. And especially by the end, like, it's very, very special ops. By the end, yeah. I don't think a lot of people know what's happening. Uh, And Vanny Kapoor is in the movie, as I said, as a sort of, like, what? 
There is no homoerotic subtext here. <laughs> Why Rithik Roshan has a girlfriend the whole time. I really like Bonnie Kapoor. I think it's unfortunate that she doesn't get more to do here. She um, should get more to do in every movie, basically. She should get more to do in every movie. Um, so that was, a, that was a bit of a disappointment for me, but I think she's like in a really good dance number. Uh, that I liked, so... She works at a Cirque du Soleil cabaret thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah. In, is it Malta or Canary Islands or something? Somewhere, somewhere nice, somewhere in the Mediterranean. It looks beautiful. Maybe, like, is it south of France? Oh, maybe it is south of France. It yeah. looks really nice. Yeah, this this movie, so this is like number 20 on my top 20 of the year. It's number this 17. And this is not like just Bollywood movies. This is 17 on like all movies. Yeah, me yeah, too. me too. And it's yeah. just like, it's... Yeah, it's it's deeply stupid, but is it any more deeply stupid than the Mission Impossible movies? No. It's not stupid like um it's stupid like race. Yeah. It's stupid in the best possible way. Exactly. And I, I think like the story is really satisfying. I think the twists are really fun. Um, and I think it's really compelling and reaches like a really satisfying conclusion. I hope there is more of them. I really, and I hope Bonnie Kapoor comes back in them and like gets more to do. I think there's a way to bring her back. Maybe, and maybe like <laughs> she becomes a legendary operative, and then like she gets a mentee. That's how you would do it. Who knows? Maybe yeah. she's got a twin sister somewhere. Maybe Shraddha Kapoor <laughs> wants to take over her job or something. That seems like a Shraddha Kapoor. Role. I, I just, yeah, I. This was a big surprise, but this was like, no. It'd be Sarah Ali Khan would be like. Oh, that'd be fun. I want to be. You know, yeah. her. That's me. I want to do that. I don't know if I have anything smart to say about this movie, but it's just like... Apart from subtext. Yeah, apart from subtext. But it's just like, it is a fun action movie that just wants to deliver the thrills. And and I loved that. I loved The stunts, this, great. This knew what it was, yeah. Gunfights, awesome. And really, Punching people, superb. With, again... Rithik Roshan's back, baby. He is yeah. good here. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, his back is just, like, super muscular. <laughs> like, yes, it is. <laughs> he looks amazing. I love the salt and pepper. Uh, and Tiger Shroff. Dancing like, you know, like no one else. Um, Tiger Shroff's trying real hard to, like, show that he's got the skills, too. You don't. <laughs> but, <laughs> You're not. But Tiger in this movie... His mode that he works well is lovesick puppy dog. Yeah. Like, that's what you do with him. And also kicking. Like, he's. If <laughs> yeah, he, if, and if he's a sad puppy dog who kicks people, that's how you use him. I will say that one of my favorite action sequences in this film happens really early on, and Rithik Roshan isn't in it. It's like this. Um, it's this, like, one shot where Tiger Shroff, like, bursts in and beats up a bunch of guys, and there's no um, music, there's no soundtrack overplaying it all you hear are the sounds of the action and it's great do you think it was a real one and that was or was it just that edited to look that way i don't know it looked it looked um, it was really impressive yeah it's impressive and it opens with such a strong statement and that's before rithik roshan who was like clearly mvp of the movie um before he even gets on screen so oh, yeah tiger shroff it's not just this roshan. is the best movie i've seen him in yeah i yeah. would say yeah i, I love war so good get vijay jamal in there too yeah yeah yeah, yeah no really good combined like it would be war versus commando. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to interval map. <laughs> yeah, we're we're listening to the Gungru song from War, right? Yeah, we are going to be listening to a song from War. It is a uh, Gungru. Yeah. So enjoy. Get in not... your um, get in your hula hoops and uh, roll yourself around. Yeah, I always <laughs> find that extremely impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially just doing it in the water. Yeah, it's impressive.
Of all the hula hoop tricks, that's the best one. This episode of Bollywood is for Lovers is brought to you by InVentures, a chance to connect with the best and brightest in global innovation. Join 4,000 plus creative and curious minds on the frontier of innovation. Hear more than 250 speakers on six program tracks, including data in the digital world. InVentures connects entrepreneurs and startups with venture capitalists, angel investors, service providers, and thought leaders. The conference includes an education track for students, too. Alberta Innovates is making all of this possible in Calgary from June 3rd to June 5th. Tickets are only $299 if you buy before the end of January. If you're a student, you can get an early bird ticket for just $99. Get your tickets today at InventuresCanada.com. That's I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S, InventuresCanada.com. This episode is also brought to you by a new podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network called Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine. In this podcast, a sentient machine has forced Kyle and Dave to watch films in order to prevent the apocalypse. Season 1 focuses on the films of 1999, which is considered one of the best years in Hollywood movie history, so I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, you could see more about Kyle and Dave versus the machine at kdvstm.transistor.fm and for other shows in the Alberta Podcast Network, albertapodcastnetwork.com. FYI, guys, for 1999 Bollywood movies, we recommend Tall by Subash Guy, as well as Hamdil Dechuke Sanam, directed by Sanjay Leela Bansali. So that was a clip from Gunguru from War. Did you manage not to fall out of your hula hoop while you danced to it? Yeah. Yeah? I often hula hoop while I edit the podcast. Yeah. And record. And specifically not like hula hooping around your waist, but you like... No, that's hang for on to amateurs. It with your hands... And your feet, and then like move your whole body yeah. around. So like, I mean, I was go. in Cirque du Soleil. Everyone yeah. knows this. You were, yeah, you were yeah. so good in Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, I don't know why I you had gave to up retire. On that career. I had to retire after the incident. Yeah. Uh, anyway, movies. Uh, so next up is The Sky Is Pink. Yes. I thought this was a pretty pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, probably the last film that we'll ever see with Zaira Wasim. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's too bad. I mean, yeah. she's a good actress and. I wonder if there's something else behind her premature wanting to retire. It's strange. Well, she's she said that, from what I understand, um, and I, I kind of haven't read up on it recently, but at the time I remember her saying that she wanted to focus on her religion mm. um, because she felt that acting was a distraction from the important things in life. Sure. Um, and also I think a lot of it had to do with how terribly she was treated. Um, I guess it's sort of like uh, she was treated poorly for being Muslim. That wasn't. Yeah. That was kind of the subtext I was reading. Maybe it's sort of like um, didn't Natalie Portman take time off from acting to go to Harvard? Yeah. Smoke weed every day. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, she was still like acting in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. You occasionally get someone who takes time off though, like that. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think we're going to see Zara Wasim in another film. And um, this is a weird one to go not, out on. Then. Yeah, she did not promote the film. Uh, when it came out, and and her co-stars, you know, Priyanka Chopra, 
supported her and, hmm. and, and the whole cast supported her in this. So uh, the film's directed by Shanali Bose. Uh, we've discussed one of her previous films on the podcast, Margarita with a Straw, mm-hmm. which we respected but didn't like, I would say. I think we admired the intent behind it, but as a movie, it's not that exciting. Yeah. Uh, it stars Priyanka Chopra, Farron This Akhtar. one's better. Yeah. This, this one's way better. Like, it's, it's an actual movie as opposed to, like, it would be sad to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, so just returning to the cast, as I mentioned, Priyanka Chopra, Farron Akhtar, Zaira Wasim, and then Rohit Suresh Saraf. It's a biopic of a young woman, Aisha Chowdhury, uh, who was born with SCID, uh, and then later on, um, when she was a teenager, developed pulmonary fibrosis and passed away and she became kind of a an author and an inspirational speaker about kind of being young and dying and scid is an autoimmune disorder like mm-hmm. she yeah yeah and it had to she do can't with like come to touch contact with any diseases or anything yeah it had to do with her parents having two like recessive genes mm-hmm. um and so unfortunately the combination of the two of them having kids was not the outcome was was quite high that their children would have this autoimmune disease. Yeah, and especially their girls. Their first kid died. Yeah, which you learn over the course of the movie. The boy is fine. Yes, he's fine. Yeah, this is kind of a strange movie though because it does walk a line between like biopic and then kind of like I don't know inspirational memoir of a dead person at the end. Yeah. Like I feel like the tone for a little bit around the movie is weird. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought all performances were good. Yeah, I thought it was actually shot great. pretty nicely. Yeah. And... You really liked, and, and I agree with you, but but you really pointed out how well they capture the 90s. Yeah, the 90s. Like yeah. The costumes. Clothes, yeah. 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 Because um, a lot of the times in Hindi films, I've noticed that not always the most amount of detail goes into period pieces. Especially kind of like recent period pieces. I mean, we've also noticed that the 90s in India seems to have extended to about 2005. (laughs) So, with regards to clothes. Yeah, the 90s are also hot right now, too. So, I feel like it's... They're back, baby. It's easy to find that stuff. 90s, too. Yeah. Yeah, I wore a pair of, like, like these satin leopard pants a couple months ago. And I'd owned them for a while. And you were like, are the 90s back? And I was like, yes. And they've been back for a while. Right. And I also had, like, a, a crop top on with it. It was a good look. Anyways, you do not Buffy appreciate. The Slayer look. Yeah, you don't appreciate the '90s clothes the way I do. But I, you appreciate really, in them in this movie. Yeah. I think that's. I mean, I, historically, I didn't really actually like the '90s that much <laughs> when I was there. '90s were great. But uh, yeah, I thought this movie was good. I just think some of the packaging is kind of strange. Like it ends with like videos of the real girl and her life, and right. I thought that was a little right. And it has kind of like quotes of her saying you know my brother wrote this song for me and this is what happened to my family and you thought that was a little awkward and weird because she has passed away so obviously she never said those things yeah yeah it was yeah i i appreciated the story i think i like this a lot better than margarita with a straw oh yeah me too. um I, I i really like this movie i will say i am the target audience for kind of like the dying teen weepy it's a genre that i actually quite like um I mm-hmm. think because <laughs> I, I I really liked the Fault in Our Stars. We'll see how the um, the Bollywood remake of it is. Um, and I, I thought the Fault in Our Stars actually did a good job of maybe not deconstructing the genre, but kind of tackling some of the some of the 
issues with the genre. They're, or they're kind of complaints that people have with the genre. But it's just, they are, they are kind of nice stories that kind of force you to feel strong emotions. And I think sometimes you need that. Um, this one is, you know, kind of, I think, particularly moving because this was a real girl's life. I think one of the things that I really like in this film is that um, Wasim, Wasim is more of a supporting character. She is the um, narrator. She's though. the narrator, yeah. but it's really about her parents yes. and how they deal with this. And Priyanka Chopra and Farron Akhtar have excellent chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, they play off of one another really, really well. And I love how the film tracks their relationship from kind of, um, and so it doesn't always go chronologically. Some of this comes in flashbacks, mm-hmm. but it tracks the relationship from kind of their early days dating, in the late and 80s, falling yeah. in love, and then them having kids, and and then dealing with you know having a very sick daughter, two um, very sick do- sick daughters, yes. yeah, and then eventually you know kind of raising two children and then having to deal with the grief of of losing one of them, and I just I think that that arc is really well realized in the film um this is kind of you know priyanka chopra's triumphant return to bollywood because she's been making movies in the states um so i feel like a lot of attention was on her when the film came out and it premiered at tiff um but farron Akhtar is just as strong they do kind of grow apart from each other over the course of the movie though which i like yeah it was interesting it's honest about that it would be very stressful to have that sort of a relationship so i could see why that happens the and one thing that i don't sh- like about this movie though is that like they're super wealthy like yeah that you know, having a sick daughter would be awful, but like being rich while you do it gives you a lot more options than most people. Yeah, they don't start off wealthy. There's um, a really good kind of scene or kind of subplot where Farron Akhtar has to go to a radio station in London and kind of beg for donations um, to help his daughter. You also um, see what their work life is like because yeah. she's at work all night and he comes home, mm-hmm. takes care of the kids after working during the day, and they, they see each other for maybe 10 minutes a day. But when the film flashes forward, from that point on, they're just very wealthy. Yeah. And, um, and when you see the videos of the real-life family, they don't look as no. wealthy. <laughs> no. So um, I thought that was a little movie magic-y. Yeah. But I do like that the film doesn't shy away from kind of some some complicated aspects of, of the this family's life. And kind of mm-hmm. especially... Um, oh, late in the film, uh, Priyanka Chopra's character um, kind of has a has a breakdown, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was done really w- really well. You found the nicknames that uh, that Zyra Wasim has for everyone in her family a little too cute and precious because she calls like panda because her dad's like panda, kung fu panda and her mom's moose. moose. And the brother's and giraffe. And also, Kung Fu... Is the brother giraffe? I think so, because yeah. he's taller than her. Yeah. But, like, Kung Fu Panda didn't come out until the 2000s. Right. And she was born in the 90s. I have another, like, weird complaint about this film. Okay. Not, I haven't had too many complaints about this, but I do... This bugs me. So there is a scene where Zyra Wasim is in high school and is impersonating Amir Khan for her friends. And she's specifically impersonating uh, him in Secret Superstar, which yeah. is, like cute to see because obviously she was in Secret Superstar but I think it's it's just totally anachronistic yeah that movie wasn't out yet that movie wasn't out yet so they would not know what scene she was doing she's doing the bubbles rising to the top and then Nibu Penny yeah Uh, yeah I I like this film Um, I wonder if they'll release it in China because I suspect it would do well there yeah Um, it hits all the right emotional notes and again I know like 
the sick teenager genre. It's so cliched, but this was a real young woman's life. It's cliched, and but there aren't that many sick teenager movies, realistically. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like... there's, like, very popular ones, but it's not like you're tripping over sick teenager movies every yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, like, there was Five Feet Apart last year, and then, like, Everything, Everything, and... I mean, neither of those were as strong as The Fault in Our Stars. Did you know I've never seen A Walk to Remember? <laughs> hmm. Which is Did weird. Did you know that I've never <laughs> seen A Walk to Remember? Well, I'm just saying it's weird because I actually do like movies in this space. I just, I don't know. I, th- I find these stories, they're life-affirming stories that, you know, are kind of filled with tragedy. But ultimately, I think the message of a lot of them is like, you know, that life is important and precious. And I think that's a message worth putting into media, even as cliched as it is so sure yeah the sky's pink really worked for me and again i think it's like a kind of better than your typical cliched sick teenager film yeah yeah i agree yeah i i talk it and it's really it's really well shot really yeah it's very pretty yeah yeah the sky is not actually pink though uh cinematographically the sky is mostly blue in this film or gray when they're in england but uh, it is, oh, it is a cute... It's like a nice little metaphor. It is a cute metaphor because it's something, the sun, so Zyra he, he gets, older brother... He gets in trouble for drawing his pink yeah. sky in class, and the mom's like, you can have a pink sky, you can have any color sky you want, little guy. He's so cute. Yeah. All right, so our next film is Law Captain. Oh, yeah. Um, which never came out here. I think this is one of the more most anticipated films of the year. Did not release in this country. So didn't come out here. Which is a shame, because um, I think it's like... Maybe the third or fourth best Bollywood film of the year. Yeah, it rules. This movie is amazing. Yeah, Uh, it's now available on streaming, so it is easy to see now. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, I believe. Yeah, directed by Navdeep Singh, who previously did NH10 and Manorama Six Feet Under, and stars Saif Ali Khan, Manav Vij, Zoya Hussain, Deepak Dobriel, and uh, there's a short cameo from Sanakshi Sinha. This movie was great. Yeah, Um, I feel like. Paradoxically, this movie probably could have done well in North America because we have had a lot of like bounty hunter and um, Witcher media come out just recently. Right. And you got the Mandalorian, you got the Witcher, and Law Captain's kind of in that We're same thing. We're getting a bounty law show. I yeah, guess. bounty law. The, <laughs> the the TV show is apparently going to happen, but this is about a kind of bounty hunter type guy. His actual place in the world is a little bit complicated he's called Gosain and he's kind of like a warrior monk I guess Mm -hmm. who has like accepted that he himself is dead there's a whole elaborate backstory for this guy but it's it's Saif Ali Khan one of my guys Mm -hmm. and he hey one of my guys one one of of our guys guys. one of our collective guys and he looks cool he's got a big beard and he goes around uh, 18th century India, essentially settling scores. Mm-hmm. His his life is basically ruined when he's a teenager, and he like trains himself to be the coolest bounty, bounty hunter in the world. I thought there was a bit of a uh, Peter Weir thing going on in this, with some kind of people going crazy, not in the outback this time, but like mm-hmm. in the Indian interior. Mm-hmm. Um, be a good double bill with Sancheria, actually. It would it would be a really good double bill with Sancheria. But there's some excellent sword fights, gunfights. There's a kind of tracker guy who uses dogs to try and find people. There's um, the Maratha Empire. So I think that would be um, Bajarao's people. Mm-hmm. They were in charge of part of India at that time. Mm-hmm. So they're hiring people to try and find uh, guys. And like it's 
it, it is a complicated movie. There's a fair amount of politics going on, and you don't find out about his backstory for a while, so it's a little cryptic what he's actually doing mm-hmm. for a lot of it. And the English are kind of just showing up. I think it's yeah. still the East India Company at this time, and they're making deals with various principalities and stuff. So it's a complicated movie, but I think it's pretty rewarding if you uh, sit down and watch it. Yeah, I, I really liked this film, and I really loved the kind of... I hesitate to say gritty, but it's more of a naturalistic aesthetic that it has for an action film. Like, it, this doesn't have the kind of over-the-top, you know, kind of a punch will shoot a guy across the room. Yeah. Um, it feels a lot more naturalistic. Well, the only, musical, realistic. the only musical sequence is uh, Gossain and the tracker yeah. just, like, hanging up by a bonfire, kind of just partying. Yeah. Like, that... They're not going to some sort of dance universe where mm-hmm. there's like hot chicks around. Like, it's it's just down to earth, right? Yeah, and the, and the and the cinematography uh, reflects that. And so, you know, like we are used to kind of beautiful Indian landscape mm-hmm. in in these films, but here, like, it has it's pretty, but it's not like supernaturally pretty. It it has like an actual tactile feel where you feel like you could look at the window and see these scenes. Yeah, they they go to a kind of a jungle place, and later on, that yeah. I think is. Like, pretty gorgeous to us because we live in a snow-ridden oh, yeah. landscape. <laughs> we, we live in a hellhole ourselves, so anything like that looks nice. But and it's a lot like, of the deserts and stuff, they walk around and, like, yeah, I, that that makes sense. Yeah, and he makes good use of um, kind of people and their connection to the landscape and just kind of how dirty everyone gets. Yeah, it's the late 18th century. Like, yeah. you're not going to have a bath. I really enjoyed this. Um, so, actually, Sinna's character is cool. She's mm-hmm. got, like, a, yeah, kind of a cool backstory. You can see why she's... So mad at what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate when Saif Ali Khan kind of does these smaller films. Um, Kalakandi you yeah. know, was another film that we were really excited for that never came out here. And it, it really feels like he, for an actor of his kind of stature and celebrity in in the Hindi film industry, they, I feel like he takes more risks than He takes more else. risks, but like... He is on like a super popular Netflix show. I don't know yeah. why his movies have a tendency to not come out here. Well, and interestingly, his latest film, uh, he's playing the bad guy opposite Ajay Devgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanhaji, right? Tanaji? Yeah. Yeah, that looks cool. I yeah. haven't seen it yet, but you did. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. <laughs> he is uh, he's dialed up to the camp for that performance. Nice. And I'm loving it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Regular listeners know this about me, but as soon as anyone gets hit by a sword, I'm like, hmm, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm halfway to, there, hit by a cannon. I'm trying yes. to remember if there were whip swords in this. Oh my, you're going to really like the new one then, because there is a giant cannon, and like it's a full of whip giant swords. cannon, and there's whip swords. Cool. So. Yeah. Love yeah. a good whip sword. But yeah, Lal Captain, I think uh, worth catching up with one of our favorites of the year, for sure. He has a spear for a long time. I don't think he has a whip sword. Right, um, no, I don't think there's whip swords either. He also but you do get very excited for whip swords. <laughs> I think they're amazing. Um, if I ever get killed by a sword, I hope it's a whip sword that takes me out. <laughs> Just cut my head clean off. Yeah. That's the honorable way to go. Uh, so, yeah, so skipping over Hustle 4 because uh, we didn't see it. But we watched like, some of the music videos from it. Yeah, it was fun. It looked like actually Kumar is kind of having a good time in a uh, Bajra Mastani cosplay sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah, so we fun. can say we enjoyed the musical numbers. Yeah, the uh, Bala Bala song, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. We'll watch um, it someday if you make us, so... Let us know if you're interested in a houseful episode. <laughs> we'll put it on the list. We might not get to it right away, though. 
so that brings us to Sand Kionk, directed by Tushar Haranadani, starring Bumi Pendekar and Tapsi Panu. And this is the film where Bumi Pendekar and Tapsi Panu have been aged up and are wearing old age makeup the whole time. I mean, on the surface, uh, this seems like a good idea for a movie. Yes, it's about two elderly women uh, who take up sharpshooting um, kind of late in life after they have had many children and they have many grandchildren. Mm -hmm. They are from a conservative family uh, in rural India where their lives are controlled by the men in their life. And and women don't have a lot of prospects. They don't have a lot of opportunities um, to kind of take control of their lives. Mm -hmm. And so... They start by wanting to encourage their granddaughters to get into sharpshooting because... How does sharpshooting come into the picture? Well, this, It's such a strange sport. This guy has come to town to kind of like teach the kids sharpshooting to kind of like see if there's any kids in the area kind of interested in the sports. And so he's, he's okay. like a coach and he's kind of come to town and he's sure. like, I have this opportunity, you know, that you can potentially like make something out of this hmm. um and these two these two women um encourage their their granddaughters and they kind of again have to do this under the noses of the men in their family um and they pick up the the sharpshooting guns themselves they're not like real guns they're, they're like, kind of special like a laser gun, gun or something right or they got little things on them that like yeah shoot yeah. Um, make a little hole, but they're not like. It's like a biathlon rifle, like I think. They look like toy guns. And yeah, they are. Yeah, I think it's like a biathlon rifle. It's not like a real rifle. It's, yeah, they look really weird. It, it shoots some other projectile. Yeah, and they're like handguns because they have to keep one hand behind their, their mm-hmm. back. Um, and so they they kind of pick them up when they're there with their granddaughters and discover that like they're really good at this. And so they take up sharpshooting. This is uh, based on a true story. And overall, I think. The message of this film is an important one, um, and I like a lot of the the beats and moments in this film. Like, there's like a, a member of royalty who's also an older woman who is who is kind of like goes to competitions and and you know and wins trophies, and she kind of invites these these two older women to like her home for a party at one point, and there's this good kind of like. Um, this good kind of mixing of classes where they, you know, have a lot of fun in this really rich, rich woman's house. And do they all shoot, of, do they all shoot of the like upper class people vases are like, and things? No, no, oh, okay. no. They just like dance and put on sunglasses and oh, stuff. Okay. But all the upper class people there, like, instead of, they don't like laugh at them and like, oh, who are these country bumpkins? They, they, they they're really accepting. Hmm. Um, but That's kind of nice. This, prob- this film is like a glaring problem and that is that instead of casting two actresses of a certain age older actresses imagine if this had been Ratna Pathak and her sister Supriya Pathak how great would that have been right yeah I mean instead they have two kind of 30 30 something actresses if pretending to be older and all of the other characters in the film who are their age are play, being played by appropriately aged actors, so it just looks it glaringly. Weird. It's like the it's out like the of place. Dark makeup on Rithik Roshan, like strange, right? Yeah, and so and it just like it, it's it's frustrating because I think these women have a really interesting story, mm-hmm. um, and I you know like I care about women all over the world, kind of having opportunities to you know 
improve their lives and how inspiring these women are. It's also and so this could have been this could have been such a great movie, and instead it, they chose they chose this casting, and I I, mean, I disagree look, with it. It's them. not like Boomy Penicar and Topsy Punter are like huge box office draws too. Like no, they're more and just I'm, like yeah, they're generally pretty good when they're in a movie, but they're not opening a lot of movies. Well, and I know that they do not have, you know, the opportunities that actresses like Ali Abad and Topeka Padukone, etc. Yeah. have. Uh, they they appear in smaller they films. They have to usually be the girlfriend or like a villain or something. They don't always get that. Yeah, so I understand that they don't have... I can see like, why they took it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, they don't have the same opportunities as other actresses. That being said, I still think it's a poor casting decision. I think this would have Even been a better they, film. Even if you saw them when they were young and then you saw... You do. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's why they did it. Yeah, but they're only, like, young for five, maybe ten minutes of the movie. It's just like a song. Oh, that's weird. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's odd. Uh, so now we have Made in China. This is another film about... Uh, oh, Ronnie's in this movie. <laughs> He's also in Drive. Yeah. This is directed by Mikhail Masal. Stars Rajkumar Rao... Mooney Roy, Bowman Arani, um, Gajraj Rao. And others. And others. Um, <laughs> what is this even about? Okay. Rajkumar Rao goes to China and while there ends up like meeting a guy who uh, sells him an aphrodisiac. I'm putting oh, this is the other boner pill movie. That's what I said. It's also about erectile dysfunction. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, and then he goes back to India and starts peddling his, like, magic soup, which is his aphrodisiac. Uh, eventually, you know, like, people, like, essentially like the equivalent of the FDA, like, catches wind of this and he gets in trouble and et cetera, et cetera. Um, <sighs> Like again, why so many movies? Is this a about... crisis of masculinity in <laughs> in the Hindi cinema? And I guess, like, I guess it seems like content that you know you could both mine for humor, but also kind of make an important statement about how we need to be more open about sex and sexuality and our sex lives and sure and and you know because in both this and and the Sinakshi Cine film, um, there's a lot with kind of like. Men not wanting to admit that, like, they can't please their women and how sure. that kind of affects the women in their lives. Um, yeah, I just... <laughs> I will say this is better than the other film, but neither one I was it's really <laughs> taken with. I think, um, even though I wasn't crazy about it either, I think Shub Mangal Savan is probably, like, the best in this triptych. Or Vicky Donner. Yeah, or Vicky. Well, certainly Vicky Donner, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, this is like, this is quite an oddity. Um, I don't know if I have much else to say about it. Um, yeah, I really don't. I don't have much else to say about it. Okay, well. <laughs> so, great. Drive. What do you have to say about Drive, Matt? Oh, man. I've Movie, been... I'm going to point out you did not finish. No, I've been, I'm about halfway through now. I've been watching it over my lunch breaks. <laughs> Just for the podcast, right? Yeah. I might finish it. I don't know. <laughs> it is kind of frustratingly amateurish in so many ways mm-hmm. it's actually kind of fun to watch them mm-hmm. so this features Sushant Singh Rajput and Jacqueline Fernandez as well as Boman Arani and Pankaj Tripathi and it's directed by Tarun Mansakani, yeah. who I don't think has he did Dostana wow wow the Dostana remake right I know yeah. but like that's a huge 
drop in quality. <laughs> like seriously, Dustana was like a fine movie. This is like amateurish. Yeah, I don't think Dustana has aged that well. Sure, yeah, but I like, like it. Its tone is probably not in de rigueur these days. Yeah, but uh, so Drive, uh, there is a super criminal known as the King who is robbing various places and leaving a playing card behind saying where he's going to rob mm-hmm. next. You know, just like in Doom 3. Um, and the only way that uh, Bomanarani and Pankaj Tripathi, who work for, I don't know, maybe the FBI equivalent or something, it's really unclear where they work. Cause and also, you've only watched a half an hour. I've only watched half of it. But I, like, no, you haven't even watched half of it. You've watched a half an hour. No, I've watched hour. half of it. No, I watched like more of it today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they are trying to catch this guy called the King, and the way that they figure they could do this is to infiltrate Jacqueline Fernandez's street racing gang. But let me let me like, wait wait wait. Jacqueline Fernandez has a street racing gang. Yes. Yeah, good hustle, girl. Yes, she can also street race while wearing like a tight uh, bandage dress and six inch heels. It's called so, a bandeau dress, man. Whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's actually quite impressive that she could like squeeze into this dress and. Uh, Drive, although um, you don't see a lot of in-car stuff with her, uh, but like, let me, let me show you. Let me let me imagine a scene for you. So, or a bodycon dress, maybe. I'd have to see the dress to officially tell you what it's called. I will say that the opening song "Karma" is actually pretty fun. We got into an argument over whether or not she was doing the Charleston, and we asked an expert, and she said yes, she is doing the Charleston. I again, like, she wasn't quite like she was kicking her leg in the front and back, but she wasn't like moving up but because levels. it's Bollywood line dancing style, right? Like you can't actually move backwards yeah. and forward that often. To be fair, you didn't know how to do the Charleston, and I did, but I do defer to our expert Miriam, yeah. uh, who is. Is a sweet dancer and so, these things. It seems like they had three locations for the movie. Okay. There's, At least within the first hour. Yes. There's like this government minister's office where Bomanarani is briefing her on this situation with the king. The king is going to be robbing like the government office, which is in this big palace. Mm-hmm. And it zooms out into kind of like a Civilization two level CGI rendering of this palace. Looks awful. Um, but like, over the course of this scene, Bomanarani is explaining to this lady, like, what's going on with this guy, the king, how they're going to try and stop him. Paga, uh, and Pagas Tripathi is also there. So the lady's in the middle, Bomanarani's on one side, and Pagas Tripathi's on the other side. And... Every now and then, like, the camera... Bomanarani's talking most of the time. Every now and then, the camera just cuts to Pankaj Tripathi, like, kind of listening. Mm. He doesn't say anything. He's just kind of like, oh, oh, okay. And, like, it's just like, remember, this guy's in the scene? Don't forget, don't forget about him. Um, and at one point, Bomanarani is talking about how they have special racing tires for cars. And uh, Pankaj Tripathi's, like, racers. And then Bomanarani's like, yeah, street racers. Like, Pankaj Tripathi didn't know what he was talking about, right? Yeah. Then the two of them go to, like, instantaneously end up at the illegal street racing um, uh, warehouse thing. They're looking through a fence into the building where we've seen, you know, a party with uh, Jaco Fernandez at all before. And now Pankaj Tripathi, I don't know if any time has passed, but he knows the bios of everyone in her gang, all of their street racing uh, bona fides, and what, like their job is mm. so like is he dumb or is he not dumb and he he's like it keeps cutting back to him like oh he tries to shoot somebody and then Bumarani's like no we gotta take him alive like 
I felt bad for uh, Pankaj Tripathi. He, he gets a shitty role in this movie. Um, it's okay. He's contractually obligated to be in everything. So yeah, hopefully he, the next movie I mean, he has a, a better role. He's had a good run. But anyway, so the so same thing we're seeing Rajput is this other street racer guy that they hire to infiltrate the gang. And I don't know what happens next. Uh, there's a scene where he kind of... He loses a street race to one of her gang, one of Jacqueline Fernandez's gang. And he rolls into the building and he kind of does like a donut around uh, Jekyll Fernandez. Mm-hmm. But instead of actually having a car present for this, they have like a picture of a car. And then the picture of the car like moves around on the screen around her. Hmm. It looks like a flash animation. Like this is. It's amazingly like low rent. Yeah. And this is. Uh... It's a Karen Johar production, I believe. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's a Dharma film, right? This is a so, mess. Like, this they don't is among have... the worst Bollywood movies I've ever seen. Like, There's nothing in the content that I think is bad. Like, it's just like a boring-ass street movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's shot in such a way that I can't tell, but I'm pretty sure every, every scene is on a green screen. Mm-hmm. Because there's no depth. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there's kind of an outline around people. Hmm. So that's odd. It also commits one of the most annoying sins in a movie, which I know annoys you too, where someone is watching something that is ostensibly happening in real time, but and it's, it's also edited. being edited. Oh, that drives me crazy. And there's like different camera angles and stuff. footage is not edited. So like they're watching a street race, but then it like cuts to other like angles, <laughs> angles and camera shots during the street race. Also... I'm pretty sure they hired the crowd like of... Like, live TV footage of, like, a race would be edited because they would have different angles and, like, go back... Yes, but this is an illegal underground yeah, street race. Yeah, well, You're maybe going to have two cars, like, maybe... The coverage is going to be, like, maybe one camera... Uh, yeah, maybe like, two you know what I mean? You see someone and, like, they're filming something with their cell phone and then you see that footage and then for some other reason there's cuts in it, it's yeah. edited, and you're like, how is that possible? And, he, and later <laughs> on, like, Sushant Singh Rajput loses his car somehow, so he has to convince the cops to give it back. So he takes a GoPro and he films himself, like, calling the cops and pranking them in order to get the car back. And that is shown just, like... One like I have my hand out here. Well, let, mm-hmm. Imagine he's holding the camera towards himself as he does this prank call. That's shown on the video screen, like as it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, um, I think they must have hired this group of cool underground types to be present and looking at the screen, hmm. but like they don't register when, say, Sushant Singh Rajput uh, like drives and does this this donut thing around Jacqueline Fernandez. Mm. Like, they're still, like, looking at the screen, which is showing him doing what he's doing, even though it's behind them. Like, they're not looking around to see the vehicular action behind them. It is ludicrously bad. I might finish it, but, yeah, it is amateurish at best. Yeah. And it's odd for Sushant Singh Rajput, who was in one of the best movies of the entire year. Yep. And then he does this, too, for some reason. He's got to eat, Matt. I mean, it may... And I, I don't know. It kind of sounds like a sure thing, you know, like a Dharma film with the director of Dostana, you know, like, I... Who knows? Who knows what happened? The camera quality is also really variable because, like, sure, you have a you have a camera attached to a car, like, okay... What I'm saying is don't blame the actors, okay? Okay, well, like, you have a camera attached to a car, like, okay, that might not be the best quality, but, like, a club scene or... They go to Israel to party when he joins the gang. Mm. And this is all... It looks like a cell phone took all these pictures, but in the world of the story, it is not a cell phone recording this. Mm. So it's just... 
really bad. I thought that song was fun. The Karma song was decent, yes. All right, uh, Commando 3. This is the latest entry in the Commando franchise. So You said that this was a bit of a downer. I think so. Uh, Stars Vidya Jamwal as Commando. I mean, I don't remember the name of his character. What's the name of his character? Karen Veer Singh Dogra. Um, But yeah, we just refer to him as Commando. Is there a lot of crossover Uh, between the first two movies and this one? Uh, it seems like it's he's kind of in a different mission each time and doesn't like reflect on things he learned in prior ones. Yeah, so this is directed by Aditya Dat. And I was disappointed with this because I, re- I really liked the two previous films, um, which I think are very different from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just him being called in to track down some terrorists. So mm-hmm. he has to go to London, track down some terrorists. He teams up with like the London um, authorities there and... You know, like, there's a bit of tension between the guys from India who've, like, come to the UK to, like, find these terrorists mm-hmm. um, and the guys from London. Uh, unfortunately, again, I just, like, I thought this was a very kind of rote and basic uh, kind of action thriller that I think is beneath the standard of the Commando franchise. It sounds like he's becoming less of a Commando in each iteration. Yeah, like, I really liked how the first one was, like, was, like, first blood. It's like Ram- like it was, yeah, it's like a Rambo movie. Yeah, it was, like, it was yeah. about PTSD. All of that is, like, gone by this one. When well, he's using him. Commando techniques, like, he makes traps and he yeah. does all this stuff no, to, this is just like, to stop AK, right? Like, that's the bad guy, AK-47 yeah. is his name? Yeah. yeah. The second one, the Black Money Trail, uh, he's, like... Got a bit more of an infrastructure behind him, but in this, he's just like a cop. Yeah, and he's just like, it's yeah, lame. yeah, he's just trying to track down a terrorist. Come I on, Jamal. We all like Jungli. That was good. Yeah, there's a lot with him making um, like videos that then go viral, um, and the way that like that's the, the exact film... opposite of what a commander <laughs> would be doing, don't you think? The way that the film understands social media, I think, is like re- it, it's charming, but uh, very unrealistic. So he's like <laughs> vlogging, like. Hey guys, I uh, just got back from commando training today. I'm really tired, but here's my haul of tactical uh, goods that I bought at the store today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, not quite that, but he's more like trying to like encourage people to stand up against terrorism and also, yeah, it's just, yeah, moving on. Oh, wait, is the moral of the story is that we're all like kind of a commando in our own way? Maybe. I don't mind that. Uh, Okay, Patty Pot. You know, Matt, if I didn't know that this was directed by Ashutosh Gawarkar... You would have guessed? No. I would never have guessed because I thought this film was so incredibly incompetent. I thought it was someone... he did do Mahindra Daro, though, right? Yeah, yeah, this is worse. I honestly thought this was someone trying to, like, copy Gawarkar... Hmm. And, like, couldn't believe it was Gowarikar himself. What happened to that guy? I don't know. Stars uh, Arjun Kapoor, Kriti Sanan, and Sanjay Dutt. It is in, um, an epic war film set in the 18th century in the Maratha Empire. And oh, the Maratha Empire again. Yes. Like Log Captain. Um, and Arjun Kapoor plays kind of like a... Um, Young military commander who goes off to war. Kriti he's not Sandin, that young anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Kriti Sandin is like the woman he's in love with. Um, and it, yeah, it's very much in the vein of, of the kind of epics that we're used to seeing in Bollywood, like Joda Akbar uh, and Bajram Astani, except it has none of the style. Uh, mm. What really struck me in this film was there are so many scenes of kind of 
people in really kind of like lavish palaces having conversations about like war and tactics um, and hierarchy, etc. And it's shot in the least interesting way possible. Like you have these incredible sets, these amazing costumes. There are so many interesting pieces of headwear in this film. Hmm. Like it's a it's a headwear heavy film. <laughs> um, but okay. it's just, it was shot in the most uninteresting, dull way possible. I was so bored with it, and 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 to be honest, really disappointed. Um, I still quite like Kriti Sanon, but I really don't think she gets much to do here. I don't think Arjun Kapoor can carry um, like a historical war epic. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big old mess. It was a mess. She was good in Luca Chupi. Yeah. She was good in Barely Keep Arfie. She's great in Barely Keep Arfie. I'm just what else was she in? Rapta? Uh, there's only so good you could be in Rapta. Dilwale, yeah. Hero Panty, I didn't see. You was, you started that one. We never finished it. I fell asleep. But, like, yeah, she's so good. Uh, her and Vani Kapoor should be in a movie together as, like, people who... <laughs> they should play need, sisters. They look the, enough alike. They should, they should play sisters who, like, really want better roles in movies. Yeah. 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 That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, then we have Patty Patni or Woe, directed by Mudasar Aziz, starring Kartik Aryan, Bumi Pendakar, and Ananya Pandey. Ugh. <laughs> this looks bad. Uh, this is a movie... Um, Ananya Pandey is from Student, Student of the Year. Year 2. Yeah. That's her whole thing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What? It's rough. <laughs> okay. Anyway. That's her filmography, though. Oh, shoot. I totally skipped over um, Marjavan, um, the latest from Malat Milan Zaviri, um, starring Ritesh Deshmukh as a dwarf. Oh, right. He's a villain, right? Um, He's a small villain? Yeah. Siddharth Maholtra and um, Tara Sitaria, um, who's the other girl from Student of the Year 2. Um, thank you for reminding me, Matt. <laughs> Uh, She was born in 1995. uh, I feel old. Yeah. Oh, this... Yeah, so Marjavan feels like an 80s throwback. It's like an angry young man falling in love with a woman and something tragic happening and then him having to get revenge. That's the movie. It was bad. (laughs) Ritesh Deshmukh is a dwarf! But he's... For no reason. I I mean, maybe he just wanted to see, you know, how much fun Shah Khan had in Zero, but... Do they use, like, CGI to make him smaller? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. like, and, like, they're using effects to make him smaller, but, mm. oh, it's not well done. Uh, sorry, so that was an, um, an aside. Getting back to Patty, Patney, or Woe. Um, this is a, like, it's a love triangle film. Kartagaryam and Bhuti, Bhumi Pandekar are married. He is bored with his life and his relationship. I'm bored with his life <laughs> and my relationship with him. He meets Pandey and doesn't disclose to her that he's married at first. And the two of them uh, become close and fast friends. I guess that song she, we watched the video of, I kind of liked. Sure. She eventually finds out that he's married, um, and then he comes up with a cover that his wife is cheating on him, and so they kind of continue their relationship. Meanwhile, Bumi Pendekar plays a totally neglected wife whose husband is terrible to her, um, and essentially having a... He is emotionally cheating on her. He does never... He never, like, 
actually cheats wait, on wait, her. Wait, 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 But it's an emotional wait, hold on, hold on, affair. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But it, within, wait, within the context of this film, the emotional affair is like totally coded as an actual affair. What's the point? Of, so he's just bored of his wife, so he decides to have another wife. Well, like, no, he's dating another girl. Sure, but like... He falls for another girl. But it doesn't get physical. No. Well, they hug. They hug. (laughs) Again, it's all coded. Like, we understand, like, that he's actually cheating. Sure. So we're to understand that they sleep together. But even though this is not shown to us. No, because we couldn't couldn't actually have an extramarital affair in the film, Matt. This is Bollywood. It happens sometimes. (laughs) Not often. Yeah, but, but... The moral of this film, I, spoiler alert. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't cheat on your wife. <laughs> okay. Um, there is kind of a twist at it, kind of in the third act of the film that is I Bobby won't get Pendick into. Is Bobby actually but, cheating on him? Hold on, just tell me. N- no. Um, that, that I'm not going to tell you, but also that's not what it is. Oh. Um, though, she does pretend to be cheating on him and like run off with her childhood sweetheart. I've already to also do some deep hugging. I've already <laughs> given too much away, but you weren't going to watch this movie, were you? No, I'm not going to watch I'm it. I was going to watch this movie. I might watch that video again. Um, I thought that was pretty good, but yeah. Kartikarian. This, this sounds shitty. I'm cons- not going to watch it. Yeah. Kartikarian continues to be in like deeply sexist and problematic films. Uh, the only thing I've remotely liked is Luca Chupi. Um And I guess we'll see how Love Ashkal is, but the trailers don't bode well, I guess. Why would we make that movie? <laughs> What's the, why? Why is anything happening? What's the point of anything, really? <laughs> why are we doing this podcast? Yeah, uh, Mardani two. This one I should probably watch, yes. right? This is a sequel to Mardani. Yeah, uh, stars Rani Mukherjee. It's directed by Gopi Pathran, um, and it's it's pretty similar to the first film. This one looked uh, pretty hardcore, though. Yeah, yeah. I will say the trailers. The trailers are very strong. Um, but the film, but they, they like condense some of like the most horrible content kind of all at once. Oh, okay. Um, in a real exploitation style, like here's yeah. all the bad stuff. I think the film was, a, is a bit easier to watch though. Like, I mean, this is, a, this is a series I and mean, I guess we'll see if there's more, but so far these two films are both about violence against women and sexual assault. Rani Mukherjee returns as SP Shivani Shivaji Roy. Um, and in this film, she's um, hunting down a serial rapist, a like, serial killer slash rapist. Um, yeah, I... I mean, the content of these films are tough. Um, the first one was not, pretty rough, actually. Yeah, these are not easy films to watch. I don't think they should be. Uh, and the the antagonist here, played by... Vishal Jethwa is he's incredible uh, and on one hand I, I don't know I had such a weird reaction to this film because he is so charismatic that he feels like the perfect guy to be playing like like a like a serial killer right but I also wonder if there's if it's problematic to make your serial killer slash rapist so likable <laughs> So it's the Mads Mikkelsen issue? Maybe. Because Mads Mikkelsen on Hannibal, he seems like the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. And you root for him to eat people. <laughs> I guess. Um, I don't know if you quite root for him. Uh, they do also kind of, um, I think, 
So this actor's good, though. He's very good. I I, okay. I would really like to see him in more things. I I really liked him. Um, again, it's is he could he just could he be a good guy in a movie or is he just gonna be a bad guy? I'm sure he could play play a good guy. Hmm. Yeah. Again, it's Vishal Jethwa. Uh, yeah, really really liked him. Uh, would like to see him in more things. Uh, yeah, but I also so the the film really kind of wants to provide rationale this is not as wholesome, to why this is not wholesome on, uh, entertainment for a family audience this one no yeah. he wants to the film wants to give him rationale as to why he hates and hurts women oh they um, try to explain it yeah which uh. i understand from a narrative standpoint wanting to do that but i think from within the larger context of people trying to understand sexual violence i think it's important that we that we that we don't do that all the time. Well, it's typically um, not some sort of twisted backstory. It's just an asshole who hates women. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what and we learned in the girl with the dragon tattoo books. Is that men just hate women sometimes? Yes. Well, that's the title. Yeah. In Swedish. Um, yeah. I. I mean, I don't. I don't want to get too down the rabbit hole of discussing um, sexual assault, but obviously, you know, this these films take on this subject matter. Uh, but like most sexual assaults are, you know, it's peop- it's someone that the woman knew or or man, someone mm-hmm. that the victim knew, um, and a lot of it is about power, not about sexual desire. Family um, member, spouse, it's yeah. Yeah, so I guess like I had I I I questioned whether some of the narrative trappings and characterizations in this film were problematic. That being said, I think it's really well done. It's a really compelling, well-paced, twisty thriller. Rani Mukherjee is great in it. The um, the abductions and the violence is done so creepily and so well done. It just, mm. yeah, I, I did really like it. Um, but you I should have, watch this one. I, I have a bit of an asterisk on it. So, hmm. uh, well, okay. that, that's a difficult conversation though, because like. A Truffaut, for instance, would say you can't yeah. make an anti-war movie because the act of having war in a movie glamorizes it and does, you know, activity like this get glamorized by virtue of being in a movie and being shot in a certain way? Which is one of the questions that I had while watching it. Oh. But I, I, I do like it and I think it's well done. And yeah, Randy Mukherjee is... Is it satisfying she's, when she's he gets great. his, you know, when he gets got at the totally. end, presumably? Yeah. Totally. That's what you're there for, though. It's like a kind of... A response like you want to see this guy get killed so badly that you know you're willing to follow a cop on this horrific journey yeah uh so then we have the body uh this is directed by jethu joseph who is a south indian director um i believe this was his bollywood debut uh he previously did uh drishyam the uh the first <laughs> of the many many <laughs> drishyam remakes yeah, and so I was excited to see this because it looked to be kind of like a, a noir thriller. It stars Emran Hashmi. Yeah, I don't Rishi. mind Emran Hashmi. I don't think he makes very good movies, but you know. <laughs> Rishi Kapoor and Sabita Dulipalia uh, from Made in Heaven. Cool. Yeah, I like recall. her. Yeah, she's good. Um, <laughs> had I known, Matt, going in, that this was a remake of a Spanish film That's not directed... Good. By the same guy who did the film that Budla was was a remake of. Is it the hidden the hidden guest or something like that? The invisible guest. The invisible yeah. guest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this one great. has the same title in Spanish. Um, the Spanish guy <laughs> sucks, is what I'm hearing. I I presumably because 
as I was watching this film, I was like, man, this is really similar to Budla. It has a lot of the same beats. It had some of the same twists. Ugh. Uh, and then, and then I, I looked it up afterwards because you know I knew it was a, a remake of a of another film, and I look it up afterwards, and I'm like, oh wait, this is a remake of a film by the same guy who did the film that Budlow was a remake of. That explains everything. Hmm. Um, so this um, takes place in a morgue. A body has gone missing. The mm-hmm. body is that of Sabita Dalipala, uh, and they bring in her uh, husband. Uh, to kind of <laughs> like trap him in the morgue and also question as to where her body has gone and his potential involvement in her death. Can you do and, that? That seems. <laughs> I don't know. That's the cops. Um, the cops bring him in and lock him in the morgue to sweat him out to figure out where his wife's body went. Essentially. Okay. Here's my guess. So Rishi Kapoor. Wife isn't dead. I'm not telling you. You can you but can you are... can make a signal to me via like in person. Our listeners won't hear. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, there are some, like, questions if there's, like, something supernatural going on, but the, the film doesn't really do much with that. While Emron Hashmi is, like, locked up and sweating it out in this morgue and, like, moving his way through different rooms and messing with evidence, uh, we get flashbacks to their marriage, how it was not perfect, and he was cheating on her. Rishi Kapoor is the main investigator. Um, yeah, it's... You know, I, this sounds I dumb. wanted to like this, but yeah, it just, it had a lot of the same problems that Bud Law had. Sabita Dulapala needs to be in better movies because she is so good, She's good on Made in Heaven and in this she plays a dead lady. <laughs> well, she gets a lot to do in the flashbacks and man, is she a bitch. Huh. Um, I don't think you really feel that bad that she's dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, honest. still, I mean, I'd like to see her... Do a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, our last two films of the episode to discuss. First up, we have Debong Three. Matt, right, take so, it away. So we talked about this for like an hour. <laughs> go look at our old episode mm-hmm. from the last episode. <laughs> Just go look at our last episode. Uh, but yes, Debong Three makes Debong Two look like Debong One. Yeah. That's the short version. It's bad, um, but it looks very pretty. Yeah, and some of the dancing is is good. It's directed by Prabhu Deva, stars Salman Khan and Sanakshi Sinha. And I mean, I've been whipping the rest out of the I've been whipping Devon out the uh, gang. the uh, the belt dance at the club, and people seem to like that one. How often do you have you gone to the club since Debong Three came out? I'm always at the club. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's you this while I'm asleep. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we did not like Debon. We have a whole episode discussing what we think of Debon. Lastly, good news spelt N E W W Z. This has got to be some sort of numerology thing, um, or directed by Raj Mehta, starring Akshay Kumar, Karina Kapoor, Diljit Dashanj, and Kiara Advani. This looks fun. This is fun. I, from the trailers, thought this was going to be stupid it's another <laughs> was, movie about pregnancy yes. and yeah yeah i was not looking forward to this and but you know what i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. so actually kumar and karina kapoor play uh like a like a pretty well off couple i'm trying to remember you i'm pretty say. sure i'm pretty sure that they're, they're in delhi you don't say they're uh they're rich huh yeah they're okay. rich they're having trouble conceiving so they turn to in vitro fertilization but wouldn't you know it <laughs> Mix up at the IVF plant. Yes, there's Whoops. a mix up at the IVF plant, and actually Kumar's sperm is swapped with Diljit Dashanj's sperm, and so Kiara Advani is impregnated 
with Akshay Kumar's baby. Akshay Kumar's baby. But like her egg, I believe. And Kareena Kapoor is impregnated with Dilshit Dashanj's baby. Well, if it wasn't her egg, then it's like not that big a deal. Like they're just surrogating for each other. But they're not. Uh, like, yeah, so yeah, it, must, it must be. It's mixed up. Okay. Um, so it, it takes actually quite a long time for Dilshit Dashanj and Kira Advani to show up in the film. Um, but the kind of the central um, comedy within the film is uh, the clash of these two couples. And so Dilji Tashanj and Kiara Advani are like a loud, obnoxious Punjabi couple. <laughs> you know? You don't say. Yeah, like totally a perfect role for Dilji Tashanj. Uh, they like wear. Like Chopra and Ladies versus Ricky Ball? Exactly. Yeah, they okay. wear a lot of like. Gl- like gl- Gucci sweaters and. No, like bedazzled tracksuits. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I can see it now. I get it. This makes sense. Yeah, uh, they end up moving into the same apartment building. Oh, sure. (laughs) That checks out. That that actually Kumar and Karina Kapoor are in and end up like kind of driving the two of them crazy. But over the course of the film, uh, they start to see one another for, you know, who one another truly are. Um, and uh, an interesting bond forms between these mm. two couples who, you know, are both going through a difficult process. I kind of want to see who ends up with what baby now. Oh, I, I won't. I won't say. Hmm. Um, yeah, I actually for a pretty broad comedy uh, that has a lot of ridiculous fashion, especially the stuff that Akshay Kumar wears from time to time in this mm-hmm. film. Uh, I thought this had a surprising amount of heart. Hmm. Um, and I also thought it was genuinely funny. So, like, of all the, like, this isn't this isn't an erectile dysfunction film, but of all the kind of, like, um, fertility? films about, like, yeah, fertility issues, um, of which erectile dysfunction is in, it's in there. The, it's in the mix. Um, yeah. I mean, there's other two films that we discussed in this episode. I think those are more about, like, men not being able to sexually please their spouses, whereas here it's very much about... Um, you know, not being able to conceive. Um, so there are different things, but of all of them that kind of take on these taboo subject matters this year, uh, this is my favorite. I was surprisingly charmed by this movie. Like I said, I thought it was genuinely funny. I thought it genuinely had heart. Um, and I think it's it's a joy to watch these four actors bounce off of one another. Still don't know what I think of Kiara Advani. She was previously in Kabir Singh, and she got nothing to do there. Yeah. Uh, here she is a lot more fun. So... That's good. I'll be interested to see her in something else to just kind of see who she is as an actress. Uh, love Delshita Assange. I think you and I are big fans. Yeah, I mean, his cop movie this year didn't look too good, but... No, I would like to catch up with it at some point. Um, but yeah, he brings a lot of He's energy. He's a charmer. And I like the pairing of Akshay Kumar and... Karina Kapoor. Um, it's age appropriate. It's age appropriate, and I think and also they're old enough that they might have fertility problems. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. That makes sense. Yeah, um, and I think he's really like he's really playing his age here, and this felt like a more kind of he's not quite in his airlift mode where he's kind of doing that like sure nationalism thing. Padman. Um, yeah, so it's not quite like it's a closer you know, his, to toilet. His stripped down serious roles, if you can put a quote yeah. around, actually, come doing a serious role. It's closer a, to toilet. Yeah, sure. Like he's a bit, he's a bit broader here, a bit bigger. But I think also like um, 
it is kind of a a more stripped down role in a way. Hmm. You know, it's kind of in between airlift and then what you see in like Houseful Three and all of and and like Boss and Entertainment. T Smart Um Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of actually T Smart would be a good thing to compare it to because again, like it's okay. broad, but I liked him in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really. I is I, he kind of the straight, I was surprised he, how much I liked this to, movie. He's the straight man to Diljito exactly. doing crazy stuff because exactly. it's funny when someone who's usually a bit wacky has to be a straight man. Exactly. Because you're like, he's going to break at some point and it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I wanted kind of to see this, this one. Yeah. yeah, and I just, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of depth to these characters who like on the surface seem like caricatures. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. So that brings us to the end of... 2019. Apart uh, from fertility problems, what else marked this year, do you think? I don't know. It seems like kind of a grab bag, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a grab bag. It's interesting that, as we noted already, that, you know, there were some stars absent this year, like Shah Rukh Khan and Amir Khan and Ranbir Kapoor. It seems like a down year, honestly. Yeah, I would say, like, there were a lot of really solid message films um, a lot of movies that wanted to talk about um, about violence against women, which I think is notable. Some of them thought it was good. Copy your sing. Yes. Okay. Fair. Yeah, and, and I would say like this this year hasn't been without controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, like every year there were some highlights, and then a lot a lot of forgettable stuff. Um, and and some stars who like Siddharth Marholtra, I don't know where he goes from here. Um, the return of Rithik Roshan, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah, a bit of a a bit of a grab bag. But you you wanted to uh, to say your your top five films of the year, your top five Hollywood films of the year. Yeah, I got them right here. Okay. So okay. my top six. Okay, your top six. <laughs> Just because I like the sixth one, and I didn't want to exclude it. I'll do it. I'll do a top six as well. Okay. Six, a top six. A top six as well. So, number six, Law Captain. Good movie. Very, very good. Number five, War. So good. Very entertaining. Number four, The Man Who Feels No Pain. Mm, yeah, Marco Dardanelli. He likes that a bit more than I did. It has Scott Pilgrim energy. Yeah. I would love to see that, that guy in a lot of movies. I think I'm excited for him to do more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, Article 15. Mm-hmm. Number two, Sancheria. The one I want to watch again the most. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, probably because we've seen your number one more than once. And Gully Boy, I mean, you've seen it three times, I think. Yeah. But No, Gull- twice. I've only seen it twice. Gully Boy, fantastic movie. Sacheria, I feel like we just got so lucky in seeing it. Mm-hmm. And like that's so many other people didn't, even in India. Yeah. That like I, I just want to see it again just to reaffirm like this was good. Yeah. So, yeah. My number six would probably be Ekladki. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... It's it's a little uneven, but ultimately I admire what it does and what it's about. And I think Anil Kapoor's and Jui Chow are so good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, as is Rush Kumar Rao, and Sonia Kapoor's fine. Uh, my number five would be Photograph. Good movie. Yeah. Uh, four would be Article 15. Three would be War. Two would be Santeria. And one would be Gully Boy. I've seen people kind of... Not liking Gully Boy and thinking it wasn't a very good pick for the Oscars. I think it was a great I pick. I disagree. I think it was yeah. a good pick. It's the criticism level that it that it's just uh Hindi eight mile. 
I also love Eight Miles. I th- <laughs> yes, Eight Mile, good movie, but also yeah. I think by not doing by by using a story that Oscar voters might be familiar with and can kind of place. It it, ta- it makes it a little less alien because I feel like the Oscar voters are actually not very adventurous. Yeah, I think it has broad appeal. It's it's easy to get on its wavelength and kind of you know root for for Ranveer Singh's character. Um, you don't actually don't need to know that much about yeah Indian politics, Indian history. As adventurous and interesting as like something like Super Deluxe is, I think Super Deluxe is a harder sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sancharya. Would have maybe also been a good choice. It's just that no one really saw it to even give it that yeah. chance. Yeah. And I, I do often wonder, with all the different language groups in India and the different film industries, there's got to be a ton of behind-the-scenes politicking to figure out what even to send. And it felt like maybe this is Hindi cinema's year, because it seems like it's been a lot of South Indian movies for the past few years. And well, then yeah, send this. the year of uh, the lunchbox they sent to the Gujarati film The Good Road, which a lot of people criticize. Um, also, films have to they have to submit to the um, like the committee or the group that decide what film goes. So they don't that that group isn't looking at everything that comes out. They're mm-hmm. looking at what is submitted. And I believe you have to pay to submit as well. Yeah, so you have to really stand behind your product. As Bong Joon Ho so, says, the Academy Awards is a regional film festival. Yes. So maybe they just didn't think it was worth it. Yeah. So before we close up this year, Matt, we're going to play a bit of a box office game. Okay. I have here the top 10 highest grossing Bollywood films of 2019. Can you tell me what they are? Okay. Number one, give me some hints. Number one, it's on both of our top five lists. War. War is number one. Ding. Yep. Number two, uh, we hate this movie. Kabir Singh. Ding. Yep. Uh, Number three, I call this a jingoistic Uri, the surgical strike. Ding. Yep. I'm not looking at these folks. <laughs> you are not. These are off the top of my dome. Uh, number four is a film you've seen. It's a remake of a Korean film. Remake of a Korean film. That I've seen. You have not seen the Korean film, but I've seen both. You've seen both. Remake of a Korean film. You've seen both. I've only seen this one. Uh, when did it come out? Um, the first half of the year. First Near half the of end. the year. So, what kind summer. of movie is it? Uh, it spans uh, Oh, Barat. It's Barat, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Korean film is Ode to My Father. Yeah. Uh, number five is a film that's still in theaters. Okay, still in theaters. So it, it, could, it could rise up in this list still. What kind of movie is it? Uh, it's comedy. Comedy. It's a good news. It's good news. Yeah. Uh, number six uh, is a film that both of us have seen. It often gets compared... Uh, to a Hollywood movie that was a big Oscar contender a couple of years ago. Hmm. What else? What, what kind of movie is it? Uh, it what, has what a genre? diverse cast and features a lot of women. Oh, uh, this is Mission Mongol. Yes. Uh, number seven is a movie we haven't seen, um, but we did watch some of the songs of, and we think actually Kumar is having a fun time. That's for four. That's for four. Uh, number eight, we were just discussing. It's on both of our top ten lists. Uh, Top five lists. Article fifteen. No, no. Um, Gully Boy. Gully Boy. Yeah. Uh, Number nine is a movie that I don't know if you remember exists. Uh, It feels like a Bollywood remake of "It's a Mad, 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 Mad." This is Total Demol. Total Demol. I didn't see that one, but yeah. Um, And number ten involves old age makeup. This is uh, Sadki Ankh. 
Nope. No, that didn't do that well. Old age makeup. Is it Chichore? Chichore. Oh, that, did, that did better than I thought. Yeah, that's the top 10. And Defong 3 is not there. Well, it only came out a month ago. Yeah, but ago. Good News is already number 5. Huh, that's And Good that's News came out a week after Defong 3. And Bara was what, 5 or 6? And Bara's 4. 4. So, yeah. huh, that's got to be a disappointment then. Yeah, it must be. But it, it, it's interesting to see a, a top 10 without, you know, like... With two of the cons not having films out. You know, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Debong 3, but it seemed like they cheaped out on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Especially the opening titles where you get, like, Chuo Pandey, like, various, like, phrases that he yeah, says later on. Yeah, going to show up later in the movie. And I guess weird. it did have me, like, looking out for those, but, like, it was really, like, just really cheap. Yeah. Um, do you want to say... I, I don't want to do, like, a whole bottom five, but do you want to I could say, do a bottom five. Well, do you want to say what your most disappointing film of the year was? Disappointing? Yeah. Well, let me look at my list of things I saw. I'm going to go with Manicarnica. I didn't see Manicarnica. I thought that was really disappointing. You know, I was really disappointed by Kalank. Yeah. I thought... Kalank, yeah. It's a very pretty movie. Um, as soon as I saw that, uh, you know, Kapoor's in it, though, like... Mm-hmm. That guy's no good. Uh, Verwin Dewan, kind of good. Uh, but yeah, that big sweeping epic. But you do need like charismatic actors at the center of it. And also, you got to explain a little bit more what's going on with Partition and stuff, yeah. right? Um, Student of the Year 2 was another big disappointment for me. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Uh, Budla, very disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. I like a twisty thriller, but that was just dumb. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean... Zoe Factor, Debong 3, Cover Singh is my bottom movies of any film Yeah, industry. I think we can agree. I just thought they sucked. Cabir Singh is our least favorite movie of the I year. I mean, it, I wasn't anticipating it because you told me how much you hated Arjun Reddy. So right. I was like, okay, I, I'm not looking forward to this. But Oh, and, and Drive, I guess, is, uh, you know, just incompetent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Cabir Singh, I think, is literally toxic. Me, I agree. Cabir Singh is a dangerous film, if you ask me. Uh, it's like Joker. It's Bollywood's Joker. Bollywood's Joker. Except, uh, except he has a sex. <laughs> so thank you all uh, to everyone who's listening and who's made it this far into this very long episode. These are always uh, fun because you tell me about a bunch of movies that you ended up watching and that I never <laughs> have to watch. So Well, and it is like... <sighs> it's a real grinder, this it's, just... So many names we're going to screw up and so many plots of things we watched six months ago and have no idea what happened. So many names to pronounce that uh, I hope we did a half-decent job. Uh, And so many movies that uh, we watched a while back that we're just grasping at straws to try and remember. And they're just mediocre. But like what what we thought of them um, mm-hmm. because not everything is you know a, a sky is pink or a war where it just kind of sits with us not everything's memorable exactly so yeah thank you for tuning in we're looking forward to another year of new movies to watch and another year of podcasts to put out there's a movie where Cypher Lee Khan is like a swinging bachelor and he finds out he's got a kid that one looks kind of fun. It does look kind of good. I guess I'm hoping that it's, it's like kind it, it's of, like his guy from Cocktail. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that it's in the the vein of oh, what was that um that Ajay Devgan film that came out earlier in 2019? PR de PR. Yeah, or maybe like about a boy. De de PR de. De de PR de. De de PR de. Uh, which I um I kind of I I surprisingly liked. Um, it's not perfect, but so yeah, I'm kind of hoping that Sci-Fi Con film is in that mode. 
Uh, yeah, lots, lots to look forward to. We're not, we're not going to get into all of it. Bramastra, maybe? But Is I'm, that coming out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's something. I'm really looking forward to our next episode that will be out in two weeks. Oh, yeah, what's that on? Uh, we are going to be discussing three anthology films. Mm. Uh, so we're going to be looking at Bombay Talkies. Lust Stories and Ghost Stories, I believe is the third one. It just came out. I've heard that these are mixed. <laughs> mixed results on these films. Yeah, yeah. But the directors are interesting. So we'll be talking Anirag Kashyap, Zoya Akhtar, um, Dibkar Banerjee, and Karen Johar. So, yeah, I think this will be interesting. It'll be a lot of mini films. So uh, Get ready for some plot recaps. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, there's going to be like 12 plot recaps. <laughs> That'll be out in uh, two weeks. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can find us on Twitter at BollywoodPod. I'm there too, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. Uh, go to BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com for enhanced notes mm-hmm. and the occasional retumble or whatever it is that they do there. I don't know. Uh, Should we get a new website? Let us know. (laughs) You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Bollywood is for Lovers. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We read those out on air, so it'd be great to have some to read in the new year. Yeah, we got one locked and loaded, so we we noticed it. Yeah, we'll read it next time. We just thought this episode was going to be three hours long already, so. Uh, While you're there, you can subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk. We just released an episode on our top ten films of 2019. Another three-hour episode. It's long. Uh, We talk about a bunch of other stuff in it as well, and so we cover kind of movies in general over 2019, not just Bollywood. That's Trash Art in the Movies, it's called. Yeah, Yeah, it's called Trash Art in the Movies, so check that out. We want to thank Becca Dahlke for our artwork. Mm-hmm. And a uh, happy new year, all. Thanks for sticking with us. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs>